gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, Super Friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 60, for New Comic Book Day, June 14th, 2017. I'm your host, Ken Rose, sitting along here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hey, now... We actually have to kind of start this off on a um, low note. I always, yeah. I, I always like to put the the um, not negative, but the anything, sad, anything the downside sad, first, so we can bring it back up at the after we go. And um, we found out Saturday night uh, that was June twelfth, wasn't it? No, wait, twelfth, tenth. Saturday night, June tenth. That um, we lost our bat, one of our Batman. Yeah, we did. Uh, we lost a great, 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 great uh, member of the Bat family. Uh, Adam West passed away. He was 88 years old. He um he was battling leukemia, correct? Yeah, he was. And it actually, was a very short battle with leukemia. But you got to think this is a very, very um, dangerous and deadly disease. Yeah. That um and at that age, there's really not much you can do. So you know, um over the weekend, I was watching uh Batman the animated series uh Grey Ghost. Yeah. Uh, Adam West, just seeing that kind of brought a little bit of tear in my eye to see them transition from the Batman then to the Batman at the time of the 90s. Uh, just remembering him seeing all these things and while I'm wearing my Batman shirt. Um, Adam West will be remembered as a great man, and he was a great voice actor. He's a great actor. All around, just a good guy to have around. He yeah. inspired a lot of the uh, newer Batman uh, actors and just actors in general. So, Well, it was great because um, we talked about it over on Geekwatch 1 this week also, mm-hmm. but um, Adam West was one of those, because a lot of actors who done, did iconic roles. Right. Like, Adam West, for his entire career, all the way till now, was known for playing Batman in the 60s. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of other roles. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, he even played himself in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But he never took it too serious, because um, there's a lot of other actors from other franchises that, for a while, didn't like being um, known from that franchise, because no. it got just too popular, or they were typecast or something. Mm-hmm. Adam West embraced this. And um, until the end, he was still Batman. And he yep. was like, I know I'm Batman. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it's going to be. And he just voiced uh, Batman 66 with Brett Ward for the animated film that came out last year. Yes. Um, and that's another one that's interesting because um, he and Brett Ward had a... Um, and this is well known that the two of them were friends all the way through to the end. Mm-hmm. And they had only worked together for three years, really. Wow. So, but for a lot of people, this was their first Batman. Yep. He wasn't the first, but as you said, for a lot of them, he was yeah. the first. Whenever somebody thinks of Batman, they always say, oh, you mean the one from 66? Well, the one a lot of people may not realize is whether or not the Batman, the, the 60s Batman TV series was your first introduction to Batman mm-hmm. or not, um, he, Adam West may have still been the first voice of Batman you ever heard because he did it for the Super Friends also for many years. That's right. He um, came back and did So it, for me, my introduction to DC Comics was the Super Friends. Same so for Bat- me. That so was same for me, too. I Adam West I was, was my first Batman. Uh, me being a 90s kid, I, before I really got to see Batman animated series, my mom thought that might have been a little dark, so when I would watch, yeah. at the time, the first thing I remember watching was Super Friends. Yeah. And then I got into Batman once I turned about, like, let's say, five, four or five, but when mm-hmm. I was, like, three, my mom showed me that, and 
that's what put me into all this. So, uh, Adam West was like, as Ken said, people's first Batman at the time, and uh, he will be remembered as a great man. He will be missed. Yes, he will. So, um, we had to start. Like I said, I hate starting on a low note, but we can bring it back up. I actually this weekend got to go see the physical Hall of Justice. Yeah. Uh, and it showed me a lot of pictures from it. I was a little jealous. <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of pictures because right now it's under heavy restoration. Yeah. So, um, and I did find out this is the building that the Hall of Justice in the Super Friends was based on. And it's the Cincinnati, Identical. It's the Cincinnati Museum Center at, Tur- at um, Union Station, or Union Terminal. And um, anybody who remembers, the Union Train Line was a huge um, railroad company. All the way through, and it's still going now, but they don't do passenger cars now. But they built these phenomenally huge and beautiful um, railway stations in the major cities. Well, this one here was the Union term train station for Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, but I, and so even though they didn't have anything comic books there right now, they did have the Star Wars art or Power of Costuming exhibit, which was phenomenal. And the picture you showed me, I'm jealous I didn't get to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and still, the two things that jumped out at me from that, I mean, I know this is not a Star Wars podcast, but anybody who knows me knows my first major love has always been Star Wars. DC Comics is close, but very. it's not, it's, Star Wars is my number one. And um, at the very beginning of the show, of this exhibit, you walk up a hallway, turn a corner, and they had Sir Alec Guinness's um, Obi-Wan Kenobi row, or costume from 1977, from A New Hope. Just sitting on a mannequin, not behind glass, just up on a stage. So you could get up close and personal. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I didn't expect it, but I actually got a little emotional. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was the first uh, movie of uh, Star Wars, so I can see why. That was like everybody's childhood uh, dream in the 70s to see that. And now that you're older, you can actually walk up to it and see the actual costume. Exactly. And then the last thing in the Star Wars exhibit there was they had the original Yoda puppet. From 1978 or 79. Now that probably been me to tear because I remember seeing Frank Oz and the Muppets, uh-huh. uh, Yoda. So I just knowing Frank Oz was the voice of this character and brought him to life in a second movie, and he became one of the most popular characters of Star Wars. And yeah. he wasn't even in the first film they made. Um, I don't even know if he was mentioned in the first film. No, they didn't, uh, they, be, they didn't even mention him. And he, he was created a pop culture for icon. Empire. Uh, so yeah, seeing Yoda that would have been for me. But whenever you go get down again, I'm coming with you. Oh, yeah, we're going to go later this summer and see. we got to find out when the restoration is going to be done so we can have some really good pictures of oh, the building. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. They will be done yeah, maybe right a month now or so. Yeah, it's surrounded by fences and cranes, and it's, just, you, it's hard to get some really good pictures of it. But um, moving on from there, uh, at, talking about Adam West and Batman, Gotham finally had their season finale. We had the last show for this year that we co- of the shows we cover. Finally had a finale, and this was a two-hour extravaganza, yeah. and it fits the bill of being an extravaganza all the way through. Um, yeah, it was really good. I know, as I said, I've been a little critical on Gotham, but this season finale was just, it was good. There's no so, way I can't say so it was So we now, um, are you now turning the corner on Gotham, you think? I'm going to be watching the first episode of next season and probably stick <laughs> it a little bit. I mean, there was so much in there. The, it was the Court of Owls, it was Alfred, we get might get a, a new character with Solomon Grundy, it was no, all you this You might? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we will get him coming back um, with Solomon Grundy. We got a return of Mr. Freeze. Penguin, something weird happened to Riddler, and Catwoman's becoming uh, more of a thing. Becoming Catwoman. Just just Selena. She's becoming Catwoman. So, um, we'll touch on all this and give you guys, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Yeah. We're diving into this. So, go ahead, and I'll follow your lead on this. Um, Well, we got to see a core of owls. For now, they seem like they're not going to be there anymore. They seem like they got destroyed, and plus, uh, Commissioner Gordon... 
Well, he's not commissioner yet. But uh, Gordon, um, he was on that black, was the black blood from um, he had from the, Matt Hatter's um, sister. Yeah, um, uh, the Alice Tesh virus. Yes. Um, that was this entire, most of this. Yeah, most of this season. entire episode, he was fighting and trying to keep control, even though he had the Alice Tesh virus. Even for the season, that was a big thing. Seemed like that was being played. Yeah. Uh, was that uh, was the virus, and um, Leslie, she uh, was on it for a lot of the last couple of episodes. Yes. And Gordon was on it now, and he she was trying to tell him to embrace it, go mad, go crazy. Go your dark side. Yeah. And he was, but Harvey had to convince him a little bit, like, hey, Gordon, remember, you're a good cop, you're a good man, you don't have to do all this. And as he's doing so, he gives him a badge, and the badge had the cure in there. Um, and he was trying to give Leslie the cure early on in the episode, but she denied it and told him just embrace it. Second time around, he's actually able to stick her within the neck and then stuck himself in the neck, and they're back to being normal. Thank goodness. So with the help of Harvey talking him, uh, talking him into the cure, he gets back into the uh, GCPD a little later on. They become buddy-buddy again. Um, but also what happened in the episode was Alfred kills the shaman. Yes. Uh, once again, Alfred's showing how much of a, I was going to say, much of a badass he is. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I love Alfred in here. Uh, the one thing I always said in, epi- in um, not episode one, but in uh, the season one was Alfred is one of my favorite characters in the show. And he still yeah. is. Well, it's they're pushing a lot on this one. They're pushing it is basically the newer version of Alfred, really, because he is the former military, former special forces, mm-hmm. um, and that, that that's just the way they're going with Alfred. Right, and now. that's what they touched on um, heavily in uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Correct. He, as he said, he went on. A I don't couple, remember. He said he went on a couple missions, and he was saying how he met this guy that was similar to the Joker. I remember telling him that story of how he just wanted to watch the world burn. Yeah. So they were showing that Alfred had some um, training of whatever he was doing back in the day. Um, if anybody's on Facebook Live, tell us exactly if you remember what Alfred was doing. Uh, I can't remember exactly what type of form of military he was in, but he did have some. I type think of every training. incarnation really right now has been um, special or British special forces. That and that was SAS. Like, yeah, and it was like that in the animated series as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an episode for uh, Alfred, so that's probably what it was. Which really, in the history of Batman, because it's such a long history, that's actually a rather newer. Idea that mm-hmm. Alfred was actually he was special forces a butler and that was really yeah. all he was just a butler there wasn't too much of a backstory even as far as the eighties um, and nineties movies he was basically just he yeah. was a butler they mm-hmm. was trained and raised to be a butler um, as I said when I started really seeing it was in the nineties from the animated series but he still didn't do too much as time went on they wanted to show he was a little bit more tougher than what they portrayed yeah but um, also now Fish Mooney's gone do you think she's gone now for good. I don't know. They, she's always turning up somewhere. Yeah, it's been happening like that since the beginning of this whole show starting. Um, but Fish Mooney's dead for now, and the way she was dying uh, in Gordon's arms, it looked like she as she didn't she say something like, uh, "I've been here before, and I know when it's my time to actually go, and when this is serious." Something like that, yeah. Um, so I think she's out for now, but she could come back. So, we have a Lazarus Pit now. Yes. So anything's possible. Uh, and it showed that it does work as a Lazarus pit. And speaking of that, also, I like the Lazarus pit in here a little bit better than I did Arrow because it was actually green. Yeah. I don't know why, but seeing that green effect from the Lazarus pit just seems more like a Batman thing. That might be why they kept it in Gotham instead of Arrow. They want to switch it well, up a little bit. Well, the nice thing also was um, straight out of the comic books, there is a Lazarus pit underneath Gotham. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in the comic books, there's one underneath Gotham, isn't mm-hmm. there? That's one yep. of the reasons that Raish comes to Gotham. Gotham so much. Um, just like Batman seems to always have a bat cave somewhere, there's a reason mm-hmm. why there's a Lazarus Pit under there. Um, also, 
speaking of Lazarus Pitt, we got to see Raz Al Ghul full front with yes. Bruce meeting him. And Alexander Sadig makes, in my opinion, a great Ra's Al Ghul. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Um, I just feel like he's the best Raz Al Ghul, even from the uh, Dark Knight movies. Well, the Dark Knight movies, really, Liam Neeson, I never believed him as Ra's. Yeah. Uh, for the film. Well, you got to remember, in the comic books, he's always been. Of Arabic descent, mm-hmm, yeah. um, from the, somewhere back in the hills, an ancient culture, mm-hmm. and Liam Neeson is a great actor. He's a great actor, but and he's awesome, and he played a great Ra's al Ghul. But that's not didn't feel like Ra's al Ghul. Ghul. Yeah, um, I felt the same way for the Ra's al Ghul that was in Arrow. Once mm-hmm. I saw the loudest pit here, I saw Ra's. I'm thinking to myself, Gotham nailed they nailed it in right. Yeah. This is the Ra's al Ghul I've been waiting to see in a live action anything. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, also Alfred. Um, well. This was kind of dark. I wasn't. I really wasn't expecting this. Uh, to prove to Raish that Bat or Bruce was actually letting go of everything from his past, he killed Alfred. Yeah. But in the process, Raish told him he can also heal him back to being alive because we have a Lazarus Pit. Exactly. Um, so that's what he does to Alfred. And I thought Alfred, when he woke up off his uh, from death, I thought he was going to be a little bit more upset with Bruce. Yeah. But he wasn't. Uh, they had kind of a very Felt like a father-son moment there, as he said, "Who's this guy? Why are you here?" He's like, "He's family." And then when Bruce or when Alfred wakes up, he tells Bruce, "I always had one goal since you've met me, and that is you." Mm-hmm. That's what kept him going so strong, and probably what kept him to uh, bring him back to life. Yeah, this is well. That's also okay. the one thing that um, broke through the mind washing, brainwashing they were doing on Bruce. Yeah, it was was Alfred. the fact that Alfred's love for uh, for Bruce mm-hmm. and Alfred at this point is Bruce's father. Yeah, and it's been like that. We don't touch on that too much. I don't even think fans really touch on that as much as they should. We bring it up like we just did, yeah. but a couple months from now, we're probably not going to talk about it because we still know Thomas was Bruce's yeah. father and how much he loved that's him. Because but... the, that's because in the history of Batman, um, if there's no Thomas Wayne as Bruce's father, then there is no Batman. Right. But if there was anybody that was a father figure toward Bruce, yeah. it was Alfred. Yeah. Thomas and Martha gave birth to um, Bruce and brought him up in his first cu- first years. But Alfred is who actually made him a man. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I would always see it, Bruce had a father, but Batman also had a father, and Batman's father was Alfred. Yeah. Because all the things he would come home to, all the scars, mm-hmm. all the burns, all the stabbings. And all the way through to now, because if I remember right, and they don't show show the home life of Bruce Wayne very often in comics now, but Alfred's still around, isn't he? Yeah, no, Alfred's yeah, still he's there. He's doing the um, Rebirth, remember, uh, with uh, Ace the Bat-Hound. Yes, uh, what's going on yes, in yes, 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 yes. What's going on in, uh, actually, just the Batman comics. He's on, He's the one that uh, was really keeping um, uh, Gotham Girl um, healed up. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's, out to save the yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yes, Alfred's still there, still playing a father. to act. Actually, Alfred plays a father as much, or maybe grandfather role, to all the Bat family as he plays a father to Batman. Pretty much. Whenever Batman's getting his mood, who do they go to? Alfred. Exactly. Um, but yes, Alfred did come back. He did, He died and came back all in the same two-hour time. And I love set. how in this one, um, in, in this, the, do you know what other scene that reminded me of when they the way they healed Alfred? Tell me you weren't seeing an Indiana Jones in the last crusade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Where they dump the wa- the water from the grail into the wound well, and it heals yeah. it. Well, And then Bruce dumps the water from Lazarus Pit into the wound and it heals it. <laughs> I, th- I I don't think I even thought about it as much as until you're saying it now, but, yeah, that was. And I've been hearing a lot of Indiana Jones references in the past couple weeks, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, once again, iconic movie led them to this mm-hmm. and being underground and ancient stuff. Yes, it fits very perfect. So, hopefully um, this means we're going to see more of um, – because Rachel in this told Bruce he came here to see if Bruce he heard Bruce maybe actually 
worthy of succeeding him and mm-hmm. being the heir to the demon. Mm-hmm. But um, and then, so he's like, I'm convinced you could be, the, you are the heir to the demon, but it's not your time yet. No, my it's time's not, not done. Not his time yet. Um, it won't really be his time till hopefully he's a little bit older. I, hopefully, I'll, a lot I'll, older. I'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But next, since we're talking about people coming back from the dead. Turns out we've had Solomon Grundy on this show the whole time. Yeah, and actually, when they first said his name, um, now in this Butch finally, after all these uh, seasons, finally gets shot and killed. Yeah, kind of, sorta. I <laughs> thought he was going to get killed in season one after the whole Fish Mooney thing. I, I thought Penguin. he was going to die many, many times. I didn't expect this character to last this long. No, I, I really didn't either. I liked Butch though. I like each. Oh, Butch is I, awesome. I started to like Butch as much as I was beginning to like Harvey Dent. Um, it's like Butch every season gets a new boss. Yeah, and he somehow stays loyal to each boss. Exactly. Well, he had Fish, <laughs> then he got Penguin, yeah. and then he got, um, what's uh, her name? Um, Barbara. Barbara and, um, Barbara, well, he was working for Barbara, but, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Tabitha? Tabitha, yeah. He was, like, kind of half dating Tabitha, Tabitha kind of, yeah. sort of. Tabitha was playing both roles as a, a cheater girlfriend and a cheater to a henchman. Yeah, uh, but I I didn't know what was going on with her and Butch. I really thought she was leading him on, but from what I've seen in this episode, no, Mar, uh, not Martha. I'm sorry, uh, Barbara was just being really evil, and she needed to go. Yeah. Um. Well, but, she needed to go a long time ago because it really. Yeah. Yeah. That, we got to find out where. Um. And it's weird that Gordon still ends up ma- naming his daughter Barbara. So we got to figure out where that comes from and who his like I said, wife I'm future going, is. I'm more interested in the show, but that's the one thing I kind of wish they would redo some stuff. But anyway, it would be interesting, actually. Yes, because Barbara, um, Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. at this point, if you look, because we've seen the baby, um, we've seen um, Dick Grayson as a baby already. Yes. So and Barbara should be about the same age as Dick, mm-hmm. maybe a year or two younger. So um, if she's going to be born on the show, it should be within the next season or two. Should be. Unless she's already been born somehow, that would almost... Oh, well, no, wait, I could actually see that happening on the show. Barbara, I can really, I, I really I, see that happening. I'm blanking at the moment. Did Barbara die at the end of this? Yes. Okay, then that's going to change that. Okay. But who knows? Uh, some They could literally do a backstory and say, hey, was, didn't he go to the military for a little bit? And wasn't he gone? Yeah, he was in the army. She could have had a kid and not told him. Possibly. I mean, that that's the way I can figure... To me, that makes more sense than anything else to put Barbara in here. But yeah. that's... Only way I can think of it. Um, but anyways, back to Butch. Um, now what? Was, now you don't have it written down here. What was the name they gave us? They didn't tell us Solomon Grundy. No, they gave us Cyrus Gold. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, because I had to look it up. I was like, as soon as they said it, I knew the name. Yeah, and I was I like, I knew what it, I couldn't remember oh, who it was. Oh, I'm like, wait him. a minute. I'm like, where did that? Come? I know that name. I know that name. I know the name. Then we searched it up. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. It, um, for playing the Arkham series, I. So I can literally remember almost any Batman villain from their uh, original yeah. name in Cyrus. I did finally, uh, though. After that, it caused me to look down the rabbit hole of where did Solomon Grundy come from? Mm-hmm. Because in the TV, in the Super Friends, it's like whose villain was he? Because all the he was all actually, the Legion of Doom, all the Legion of Doom were villains from the from right. the different heroes. Solomon Grundy really didn't have, but then you Be, look, well, because he's actually a suit or a, um, Justice Society villain. There you go from the back in the forties, right? And his uh, his. Um, counterpart was Green Lantern, the Green Lantern from no. Alan Scott Green Lantern. No, well, yeah, th- then, yeah, but on the Super Friends, on the Challenge of the Super Friends, oh, who just was his the counterpart? Super Friends. I don't know. That, well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If they, from that time era, unless what it was, there, um, no. I don't think he had. No, I just don't think he had one. They just knew he was a pretty popular villain, and from that time, he was just there um, yeah. because they didn't have Alan Scott on the show. Yeah, we no, did they have didn't. Green Lantern. Yeah, there was Green Lantern, but that was how. Yeah. So. um... 
going back to it, I guess Gotham started to become more because from what that the Batman show Solomon Grundy was on there, the Arkham yeah. series. Well, Solomon Grundy, I was Batman villain. This is the second villain that we've seen twice, one on the CW and one here. Because Raish was on CW shows, which I it was why I was kind of surprised when they actually introduced him here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then now, because um, remember there was one episode back in the Mirakuru season with um, the one. Guy was on Miracruer, but he was quoting the Solomon Grundy, Grundy poem. You're right. Because so, Solomon Grundy was actually a character from fiction or from literature, right? Before he's, he was yeah. a villain. Uh, he's, he's a nursery run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so- Solomon Grundy's here, and I think he's going to become Solomon Grundy in in this show. Just as we got the uh, oh man, can't think of his name. Oh man. Which one? The executioner. Yes, the executioner. I uh, didn't expect to see him in the show at all, but he popped up, and as I said, Solomon at this Grundy's point, after seeing that uh, Solomon Grundy's being brought in, we saw um, Rachel Ghoul. All bets are off. I mean, we could see anybody in this thing. Oh, yeah, I would not be surprised to see Egghead in this thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see Spectre in question. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, well, to bring well, in a couple of we extra seen heroes. Them. In the first season. Yeah, we saw Spectre. We didn't see... Well, no, yeah, because no. question, technically Montoya was, well, was uh, question say, at one point. Yeah, well, both of them were the second versions of each character. Well, no. Uh, yeah, Jim no, Jim Corrigan was on this, I thought. Was he on Gotham? But I'm not talking, I think about, he was I'm in not Gotham. talking about him, though. I'm talking about... Uh, I can't think of his name, but it was the black guy that was in the first season. Him and uh, Renee uh, were on the same... They were on the same... Uh, they were partners. Okay. Um, oh, was that actually one of the guys that was a Spectre at some point? He was the second Spectre, and she was the second okay. question. So it's funny to see them as part of the What's the name show. of the first guy that was the question? Uh, I don't, you know, I do not remember his name. Uh, I actually remember the question. Go, go, Google. Go, go, Google. We always have Google. But anyways, moving on from um, Butch being Solomon Grundy, I think that's awesome. Now, I don't, now, here's also another character I'm okay being on the show. Solomon Grundy's a zombie. He can literally yeah. pop up now and then be in the future of the show as Bruce becomes Batman because he's never going to die. Vic um, Sage. Man, I would I don't that literally doesn't Victor even Victor Sage. That doesn't even pop in my head right now. Yeah. I just remember as the question. But he's from Hub City, which we've seen all over in the CW. They've seen references to Hub City all over in the CW shows. Mm-hmm. And that's why um that's where they first found Black Canary, the newer Black Canary, which yeah. is in Hub City. That's why I thought maybe we might see uh the question in season 6. What's it? Yeah, season 6. Season 6 is next season for Arrow, yes. Oh, man, six years already almost. It makes you wonder how long are they going to keep Arrow going. But then again, they kept Smallville going for 10 years, and Supernatural, they're starting episode, or, um, season, season 12 th- I was like, next season. It feels like, because it's been, oh, man, it's been so long. Um, the CW, when a show's making money and making ratings, they're going to keep throwing money at it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm worried about with the, the whole uh, CW shows is The Flash. It's when the movie comes on, the big screen, yeah, what does I, that I mean don't for know. the show? Although we did get Superman Returns and Smallville still on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there's hope. But anyways, uh, we got a return from Mr. Freeze and uh, Firefly. Yes. With the help of Penguin. Yeah, helping the Penguin. Now, Riddler and Penguin had beef in this whole show. They were not friends at all. They were touching um, some hard-hitting heart points and pulling each other's strings pretty bad in here. But the whole time, we thought Riddler had the upper hand on Penguin because we didn't know what the heck Penguin's plans were. He was kind of everywhere. But by the end of all this, we found out that Riddler was going to try to kill him in the same way um, on the docks, just like what happened in season one. Yeah, that that place on the docks has been used, I think, every season at least once. Yeah, to shoot somebody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you know, this does take time. Gotham, no, this was the end of last season that um, Penguin was shot there. That's right. Because and at the beginning of this season is when um, Poison Ivy ca- that's right. pulls him out of the water. <laughs> 
So uh, Penguin is just destined to be there at some point, even if he's not going to get thrown in there. But by the way, uh, Gotham, any incarnation of Gotham, always feel like a noir film to me. Yeah. Like, what happens in noir film at the docks? Yeah, someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he uh, had the upper hand on Riddler. Riddler was like, hey, I took the bullets out of the gun that you're shooting me with because I knew you were going to do something like this. Oh, and exactly. look at my well, friends that popped up. Well, you got to remember, the Riddler um, thinks he's smarter than everybody, and no one can figure out what he wants, what he's doing. And Penguin's like... You're predictable at this point, Eddie. Mm-hmm. And he and he drives um, Nigma nuts by calling him Edward, mm-hmm. not calling him Riddler. And uh, that's always been Riddler's downfall. Yeah, remember how he said Lark Freeze is always predictable. The only way we know you can defeat Riddler is by giving him the upper hand, making him think he's in control, and then surprise, yeah, you're not. Um, so Mr. Freeze, let him believe he's the smartest guy in the room. So Mr. Freeze freezes the Riddler, and he doesn't kill him, but he's frozen. Exactly. And later on, we find out that. Hey, the penguins finally. Now this was this is when I started fanboying out, just like I did with the Solomon Grundy thing. I was like, <gasps> he's finally said it. He's gonna make the iceberg lounge. And I'm I've been waiting for that since the beginning. Actually, me and my <laughs> friend, we thought um, they were actually going to put that in there in the beginning, um, but they didn't. They kind of waited, and we knew they were gonna wait a little bit. They, we didn't want them to show us exactly, but it would have been awesome if they would have. But the iceberg lounge has a attraction. Yes. Uh, Riddler now frozen. A Riddler, <laughs> Riddler's on ice. A Riddler popsicle. Maybe. No, a no, Riddler no, 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 no. It's the WB's new traveling ice skating show, Riddler on Ice. Riddler on Ice. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go see it. Get a big old question mark at the end. Um, we say this also, I say it was a Riddler trophy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, speaking of uh, people dying or being frozen in a state of something, Barbara has a great fight with uh, Tabitha. I yes. really thought it was good. They were going at it. Headbutts, uh, whips being thrown, electricity, and water. Yeah. Now, when I say electricity and water, guys, nothing good's going to happen from that. Somebody's going to get electrocuted. Yeah. Did you notice what happened to her skin? No. It turned more of a pale white. Oh, it did? Now, who has pale white skin with yeah, blonde no, hair? Well, and what's the rumor that it's going to happen with Barbara? So, I don't and think Barbara's actually dead. No, she's not. Um, I don't. I can't remember who said it that was, uh, like I said, I, don't follow Go- I didn't follow Gotham too much. I'm getting a little bit more into it, but... um. Oh man, I don't know if it's now you're gonna have to go producer. back and watch the whole season. Actually, you have to go back to the beginning and watch to see where. Well, I've seen now. all of season one. I would have to. Literally, the only thing I need to rewatch is. I actually seen two about three. two or three episodes. No, I watched at least half of season. You two. have all of them available to you. Yeah, I do. No, I'm trying to think. When did I? I think season two somewhere it's mid in there is when I stopped watching. All the shows so. are off. It's a it's awesome time to watch. Time for a and re-watch. I need to start uh, watching season three of I Zombie. Yeah, that's something I said. Definitely is on my watch list. But um. Barbara, I, the director, the producer, somebody high up for the Gotham show, did yeah. say earlier on this season we are going to see Barbara have some type of calling toward Harley Quinn, a Harley Quinn character. Mm-hmm. He didn't say what, but he said it's going to be in the last episode. Well, this was it. Okay. If you pay attention, she had the uh, and her she got electrocuted like a little bit of shock therapy, and she had the uh, pale white skin just like Harley Quinn does now. So, so we're gonna have I'm gonna have to go back and watch that scene again. <laughs> yeah. Um. If you if you pause it, you'll be like, oh, okay, I see what happened there. But she got electricity. She's supposed to be dead. And mm-hmm. when she comes back, I know she's coming back. Her skin's probably not going to change. She's going to be like, oh, you look dead. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last, uh, we got uh, Tabitha uh, throwing the whip with the electricity onto Barbara in the water. And that same whip is what Selena got to practice well, with. The elect- the um, the whip didn't have electricity, but it grabbed the no, power no. cord and gra- dropped it into le- the water. Right. Um but also the whip got used by Selena too. Yes. Um, and it, for some, and it seems like Selena's a natural at using a whip. Yeah. If you've seen Tabitha's face, she's like, "Oh, you use that whip 
to break the glass that easy on your first try. Yeah, Tabitha says, okay, you want to try your hand with a whip? Fine, here you go. And she sets up a bottle of halfway across the room, and Selena grabs the whip and throws it out there and smashes the bottle with the first try. Yeah, like, oh, you're a lethal whip. This is maybe more than I am. Yeah. That's scary. Uh, so Selena, as as we talked about earlier, she got her whole uh, reincarnation yes. to being Catwoman, just like we got in um, the Batman Batman Returns movie with Dane DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer playing mm-hmm. uh, Catwoman. And I think that's what's happening now. After her being reborn, maybe that's why she's natural with the whip. She's it's just possible, like yeah. what happened in the Batman Returns movie. Yes. Um, and do you remember seeing all this stuff on the internet and people said, well, she, the actress that plays uh, Selena does look like Michelle Pfeiffer, just a younger version. I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> um, I can punch it up as we're going on. Oh, I believe this. you. Okay, but she does. She looks like a younger version of her, so they found a perfect actress to uh, do a little callback from her origins. Um, and the last thing I wanted to touch on was the ending. Yeah. The alley. Yeah. This one here, I don't know if I, but then again, there, every once in a while there's a weird turn that Gotham turns and you're like, what, huh? I felt that, and I, as I said, this was a callback to me from Smallville. I felt, I felt the same way about Smallville. It was like, they're making a origin story, but they're also trying to redo it. And it was like, eh. It's almost like a jump the shark moment in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I kind of felt like that when they did the whole Superman, the blur thing. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. And that's okay. what they basically did here. They actually have, um, a family walking down an alley mm-hmm. and being robbed by a guy with a gun. Very, very similar. Very similar to what happened to another person we know. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, someone takes out the guy with the gun and then disappears. Yep. Into and the night sky. Into the night. And you see up on the rooftop, you see a guy with a black trench coat. And a and black a ski skull. Mask. Yeah. With another mask pulled out over top. Pulls that down. Pulls off the mask. It's Bruce Wayne. Yes. Young Bruce Wayne. So we <laughs> don't have Batman, but he's... Acting as a vigilante already. Yeah. Um, it felt and like Batman watch, Year One. Yeah, if you watch Batman Year One, but um, the, the if I remember right, the animated series did an origin a little bit. Um, and some of the other ones, um, like if you go to the original Tim Burton Batman movie, had first time Bruce Wayne went out, they showed he had, if I remember right, they Wait, showed Tim him Burton? with just a ski mask. There's a couple times they've done that, showed him with just a ski not mask t- trying to not fight Tim crime. Burton, it was uh, Batman Begins. Okay. Batman Begins, he had on the whole black outfit and the ski mask and he was trying yeah. to tell gordon hey i'm here to help you i'm not a bad guy he's like why well, you have a gun in my head and he puts the you know, it's not a gun it's a stapler but yeah. anyways same thing happened and that was taken from batman year one and this felt like batman year one uh he wasn't batman actually but he was trying to learn how to fight and do things and stop people made a lot of mistakes yeah so he actually became a true batman um so he was in the night sky and did you see like the clouds with the lighting didn't it look like there was a bat signal in the sky uh, I don't know. I didn't catch that, so I'm gonna have to, uh, another one. I have to go back and look at. Okay, um, but yeah, just that was a little. I felt like that was just a teeny little Easter egg they threw in there. So he's a vigilante, but he doesn't have he doesn't have a name. Now I'm wondering, like in Smallville, like I said, Clark would wear the black trench coat, yeah, and he wore all black with the S you on know, his chest, the red one with the red um, emblazoned S on it, where Even it that. was pressed on there. Right, I, you can buy that leather jacket. Now. I've seen that. I think we looked I don't it up. Have the like two hundred dollars, or else yeah, I would have that thing. jacket. That I would too. Beautiful. I want it. That. They have it in red and they have it in black. Dude, I want it in black though. I'm I'm sorry, black. I want it so. in red. Black would look nice, but I wouldn't. I want to look like a TV. Oh show. wait, we found that because we were talking about it at Christmas time last yep. year. Yep. So we got to go back to that company and see if we can get a sponsorship and then we can get jackets. Yeah, and we can maybe get a discount. Maybe. And actually, if they make that jacket, maybe they'll make one with the embossed um, Superpowers logo. Hey, I was my, my, my brain was going there, too, but I'm like, that's really <laughs> that's thinking really high hopes. 
Um, but yeah, so the same thing like happened in Smallville. They wanted him to become Superman, but they didn't want to actually call him Superman yet, so he became the Blur. So I'm wondering if they're going to do that with Bruce Wayne for the next um, season. He's going to be some type of vigilante, but he's not going to be called Batman. They might call him the Protector, the Dark Protector, something. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I hope they don't call him the Dark Knight because I don't want to hear that yet. I want to wait till he becomes actually Batman yeah. before I hear that. Well, I almost at this point, I'm look, the way I'm looking at this is uh, we're going to end up before he's even 20, he's going to be Batman. Look at how fast they're moving along already. Hey, did we get Superman at all until the very end of the, the whole end of series? <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that happens. Wait till the very end and give us the Bat logo, Bat in the sky. Yeah. And then he flies off into the night or runs off into the Well, then I'm something. also looking at, as of right now, Harvey is still the um, yes. acting captain of the GCPD. How long is that going to change? be until they finally put Gordon in that position as captain? Mm-hmm. And there's so many villains we still have to wait on. Um I'm still well, yeah. waiting for Two Face to become or Harvey Dent and Harvey. No, Dent. I don't want to see that. You don't want to see. Harvey I don't Dent want to yet? see Two Face. I, I don't. Wouldn't mind seeing Harvey Dent, maybe. Mm-hmm. But since it's an elected position, you don't want to put him in there until Batman's in there. Well, they they, they will on this. But I mean, like, they've put Riddler and Penguin yeah, in here already. Uh, now, I'm not well, saying put him in next season. I'm I'm literally saying like maybe for the last season we get to see Two Face, and then Batman comes. That's about if you have an actual Batman. Maybe if we had uh, an actual Batman, you could bring in Two Face. I just truly feel we're going to see the, literally the majority of his villains before Batman becomes Batman. Yeah, but that was going to drive him to become um, Batman. Well, they said is from the beginning, this crazy that town. this series is going to show um, why there is a need for a Batman. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the origins of everything that it was what drives him to be Batman. The the only I know I've like said I've had issues with the show, but so far from actually after watching this great season finale, yes, I said it. Why is Barbara turning to a Harley Quinn? That's my only issue. I don't know. That's, that's, that's literally my only issue. But as the, um, I say, one of the higher ups there you said. You know, it would be kind of fun. They won't, they won't do it. Oh, they won't. But, but they're going to have some teases. Barbara starts going crazy a little mm-hmm. bit. It gets sent to Arkham. And, um, they, and the last thing they show is just the offices of Dr. Harleen Quinzel. And you just see the back of this blonde head, kind of like what they did on didn't Arrow. Um, Arrow, and actually have Tara Strong come in and have her talk in the Harley voice to so Barbara. So tell me what's going on. Oh. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, and that's a draw, and we get a clip and black, and we go somewhere else. Yeah, then you move on to something else. It's just You see that Harley, or that, that would be awesome. Dr. Quinzel is working at Arkham already. And, that, and she's working on this patient, which might make her turn a little crazy because mm-hmm. of her first. And, by the way, uh, what's his name? Um Joker's character. Jerome? Thank you, Jerome. He's still young. Yeah. So I know we're not going to see actually Harley. We're not going to see Harley Quinn. i got to go back and watch again. Did he die at the end of his arc? I don't remember. I don't think he died. Well, then nobody stays dead. It's Joker. I mean, Joker, he's never dead. Whenever Batman thinks he's dead, he's never dead. I think Joker might use the last He won't truly become Joker until Batman. Yeah, but I do think this... He's already insane. Right, because people are trying to figure out, and I was one of them trying to figure out how they're making Barbara like a Harley Quinn. Is this Jerome guy not going to be the actual Joker, but somebody like the Joker? Well, they've said that before. That um, if I remember, they've said they've not, we've not seen the Joker, but Jerome's as close as you're going to get without actually being the Joker. Now, do they mean we're going to not see that yet? But is Jerome going to be the actual Joker later as the series goes by? I don't know. I could see that as a possibility. I do too. But um, I think that's really it for. Um yeah, Gotham, Gotham um, there were some weird choices in between, but Gotham always is like that. That's actually kind of the calling card for Gotham is that you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because being, as I look at it as an Elseworlds, they can do anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and in this season finale. And they've paid off everything they started. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have. And this season finale would really got me, uh, I think, more invested now. If we would have started somewhere like this, it just felt more natural. I don't know why. It just felt more natural to me. See all these villains and all these characters from yeah. the Gotham they fit and in Batman Gotham. lore. It just felt right. Um, but they've been working their way to this, and we're here, and who knows what's going to happen next season. I don't even know how many seasons they have in them right now. But yeah. um, I don't know how many. Um, now, the, Fox is going to keep them going because, if I remember right, they're doing pretty good ratings for Fox still. Yeah, they are. So Fox is going to keep them going as long as they can. And actually, it's going to be interesting because Fox also has a Marvel series coming next season. They have Gifted coming to mainstream oh, that's Fox, right, that's right. which is an X-Men series. So you have Gotham and X-Men, Batman and X-Men on the same network at the same time. Uh, I have, I'm not going to touch on... Uh... Actually, the have, you seen, right have you seen the I've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer a couple Dude. times. Every the only thing they actually name dropped the X-Men and the Brotherhood both in the trailer. They do. The only thing that's keeping me um, interested in watching that show, honestly, is um, Polaris. Okay. Polaris is so underrated to me for X-Men. I know this is a DC podcast, but Polaris is so underrated for the X-Men lore in films and TV shows. There's not been much of her, and she's Magneto's daughter. Oh, okay. So hopefully she plays a big part in there. Um, but yes, we're going to have a little bit of battle with Marvel and DC next season on Fox Network with It'll be Gotham. interesting to see who wins the ratings battle on that. To be honest with you, I'm going to call it Gotham. Well, For Gotham is built in, they've built up a fan base already. Right, that, point, yeah. So. Um, and their ratings have been, already been there from the fans. Yeah. If X-Men or uh, The Gift, they don't really know yet. Mm -hmm. So they have to pull in theirs, but Gotham's been pulling their raids in for now three seasons. Okay. So. Well, from there, we can move into uh, More the CW. News. We have sure. some TV news for next season for Legends of Tomorrow. Now, every season so far, we've had two seasons, so but mm -hmm. each season they've added a couple of new characters. Yes. Well, this season they're going to add at least one new character from the Shazam universe. Yeah. Um, kind of, because this character wasn't originally created for Shazam. No. But she was added in. Well, she was created for Shazam, but not actually to be part of the series. Yeah, and I she think when she was created back in the mid-70s. Yeah, for her own For her show. own TV, TV series mm -hmm. to play along with the Shazam TV series. Right. Um, and her name is Adriana Tomas. Now, she, if everybody knows, and uh, I Well, was... in this, they have her as Zari Adriana Tomas. She's being played by Tala, Ander, er, Tala Ash from American Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And she is actually going to be heavily, she's going to be heavily featured. She's going to be on the ship throughout the whole yeah. season. For she'll be the new hero. addition to the um, new hero, or new legend added to the cast. Now, in the comic books, i never really seen her, I guess being uh, along with Captain Adam, uh, not Captain Adam, I'm sorry, Black Adam. Well, before we get too far, anybody who doesn't know that name, Zari Adriana, um, what was it, Zari Adriana Tomas, she's the character of Isis. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's uh, in the lore of Shazam, Captain Marvel, and in the comic books, when Shazam became, oh boy, this is hard, <laughs> when Captain Marvel, Billy Baxter, actually became the wizard Shazam, when he took over that mantle. Oh, he, he, when did he do that? Was I it was during the New 52? No, it was somewhere back, I, I don't know, like 2002 maybe? I don't really know. Okay, so that was in between where I was reading where I am now. Um, he's the reason why when she gets her power, she says, uh, I forget her word. I am Isis. I am, when she says, I am Isis, it basically what happens when uh, they call out Shazam, she becomes Isis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's her powers. But that was because of Billy Bass. And I thought it was kind of cool that he's the one that gave his enemies, love interest, these powers. Um but she was also featured on Smallville as well, if yes. anybody remembers. Um, um, and actually, season 10, there was one episode where Lois 
gets the amulet of Isis, which um, possesses her. And in the comic books, that's what, where thing. Isis gets her powers originally yeah, also. Right. But um, for the TV show, they're going to make a little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tweak. Um, and what it is is the show's producers actually describe her as a Muslim-American woman from the year 2030. Uh, Zari lives in a world of contradictions. Technology has made or has brought about incredible change in her future. Too bad human nature hasn't kept pace. Fear, prejudice, and a lack of care for the planet have forced Zari to become a, quote, gray hat hacktivist, a computer nerd with a wry, combative attitude, a woman living a double life who doesn't realize that she has a secret, latent, or that she has secret latent powers derived from an ancient mystical source. So it sounds like she may actually have the amulet in this. I think she does. She ha- I mean, and this is the character. Remember, they were we heard that they were going to have some kind of a hacker coming into the show. That's right, they did. That we were th- speculating it could be maybe Oracle. That's why it I was looks thinking like this is her- who it is. Um, but the, also, uh, I wanted to point out when you say in the year uh, twenty thirty, that's where the legends go at the very end of season two. Yeah, season okay. two. Okay. Oh, uh, is that where they find the dinosaurs in L.A.? Yeah. And okay. If you look at the building, that it's this weird spiral silver building that was there by a <laughs> clock tower. That's supposed to be her building. Okay. And I guess with her being the tech whiz now, that's probably a building. Who knows? She might have built that for all we know. Yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to play out, but I guess they're going to find her. She's going to help them probably in episode one. And I wonder if they're ever going to touch on um, – no, we saw at the end of Flash this season mm-hmm. that back in 2024, the crisis happens still. I think they're going to touch on that. And Barry disappears in the crisis because it's written by Iris West Allen. Right. So I'm wondering if they're ever going to mention that on Legends because this is after the crisis. Who knows? It could and be. And it's only six years after Crisis. I wouldn't so be surprised I wanna, I'd like to know did. what this Crisis is. Is it going to be the Crisis that we know of as Crisis on Infinite Earths? Maybe something similar, but not exactly. They can't. So why, why can't they? They don't have... I would say, for one, they don't have uh, all the characters yet. And two, and? when they made the Flashpoint, that was not Flashpoint. Well, it was it was, it was a close version they could get at the moment. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Um, Crisis was a big event, and I don't well, think yeah. they're going to be able to... It totally reset the DC Comics universe. Just like what happened with Flashpoint. Yeah. Um, so, they, like I said, they'll probably do a version of it, but not not the one we really know. Um, but with all this being said, my my uh, question is, who is going to be the villain of season three? I have no if idea. We're seeing ISIS. Could we see a Black Adam? That would be interesting. They bring in Teth Adam. Don't call him Black Adam. And just call him Teth, Teth Adam. Adam. And that would be a great way for them to put him in here and not worry about leaving the movie. Because then that's a villain you could fight through time because he's lived through all the through way through. Time. Yeah. He doesn't die. Yeah. So, well, how many immortal characters are there in DC? Oh, There's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? If they're not, if not even immortal, they just age really slow. Yeah. Well, it, if we know anything from the CW and the Flash Arrow universe, we're going to find out a whole lot more about the series before it starts. Oh, yeah. I mean, we they've already been talking about the Flash, as we said, spoiler alert, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But, you know. Um, they can't keep a secret. They can. They want to. But they, they don't even try to. Oh, I know. I understand part of it because the um, they film a lot of their scenes out in the open, out in Vancouver. And people out there with cameras and everything else taking pictures of everything they could find to mm-hmm. put it up on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So it's like they try to get out ahead of this and um, announce the stuff before it hits the Internet through the paparazzi. Do you remember uh, the whole incident they had with the Suicide Squad uh, costume guy, cosplay guy? Which incident? Uh, when they were filming the Suicide Squad, there was this big rumor going around that this was going to be Deadshot, but it was just some guy that literally bought it. You can type in the mask on Amazon and find it still. <laughs> and people were like, is this Deadshot? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is Deadshot. And it's like, no, just some fan got on set and somebody took a picture and they kicked him off. And it's like, no, they had to end those rumors quick. It's like, no, 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 that that is not Deadshot. 
But um, that's what's going on. I think that's it for our TV news. Yeah, that's it for TV. We got some um, some movie news though, and actually, well, we have one movie rumor, kind of, sorta. Do, do you want to hit the <laughs> Let's rumor hit that first? One, and then, then, we, then we got uh, the second half of our Wonder Woman coverage, which is going to pro- spoil the end. We of it. promise you guys, and I'm pretty sure at this point from the box office, everybody should. You, be, you've all seen, seen this, this movie this now. And actually, why don't you go ahead and talk about the um, the other Warner Brothers story while I look up the actual information for Wonder Woman? Um. So, guys, uh, I'm just going to sum this up. It's not too much I'm going to. I'm pretty sure you guys heard this. It's been all around the internet. And I, I don't know if this is real or this is a rumor. Because I haven't heard actual Warner Brothers even make a claim to saying we license this. I know they were talking about it, but I don't know. Because they don't even have a director yet for this. Yeah. Um, but anyways, with what happened with The Mummy coming out um, last... Wait, wait, they don't, who doesn't have a director for... What, are you talking about for Justice League Dark? See, that's the thing. What you just called it? Yeah. That's why I'm like, when did they actually say this is the dark universe? I don't it's know. It's their dark universe, yeah. but they don't, I don't know if they actually have a real title on that yet. Um, so right now, guys, that for me, take this with a grain of salt. I just think it's a speculation. It could happen. It could not happen. I don't know, at least as I'm reading this at the moment. Um, since The Mummy came out last weekend, they even have a logo for Universal's Dark Universe. Um, and this is the just made the mummy, and they plan on making a string of other movies in their universe, just like what we're seeing with Marvel, just like we're seeing with our DC uh, Warner Brothers movies right now. Um, but the Dark Universe has already been branded from Warner Brothers and DC Comics for the Justice League Dark film. That's going to be their Dark Universe as they make the Justice League. They're going to have their counterparts with uh, Constantine, Swamp Thing. Uh, Etrigan the Demon, Zantana, Dead Man, and everybody knows um, how that goes from the comics. We'll get more from Etrigan here in a little bit. We will. Um, so they already said they have DC's Dark Universe series planned, but Universal also has their Dark Universe plan. Now, this is where I said I never heard of DC actually coming out saying our Justice League Dark will be our ju- our Dark Universe as in a logo. They did call it the Dark Universe, yeah. but they were just calling it that to let you know there's a difference between what we're doing for our regular universe and then this dark side. So I never knew that they actually branded this. No, movie. no, no. Dark side's a totally different movie. <laughs> <laughs> the dark side of their universe, as in they're evil and they deal with magic. Um, and things that go bump in the night. And there's but, a reason Superman's not a part of this. Yeah. Magic doesn't work for him. Batman, yeah. he's dark, but he doesn't deal with magic. He's Wonder still a human. Woman, yeah, Wonder Woman would be the closest thing to Oh, Wonder Woman's powers magic. are 100% magic. Yeah, but she's not so much dealing with the dark magic. If you no. remember, did you read the Constantine comic? I think it was like Constantine Rebirth, no. what just happened. Oh, no, I read the Rebirth comic, yeah. Do you remember you saw Shazam and uh, Wonder Woman in there asking for help from Swamp Thing and Constantine? Because it's like, hey, we have magic, but we don't deal with this dark magic like you guys do. So, uh, I'll have to look that up. I have the book at home, so I have, I, I have it upstairs. I think was it Hellblazer number file. Rebirth number one? Yes. Okay, I'll have to go back and read it. I don't remember. It either was issue number one or rebirth issue number one. But, uh, yeah, with all this stuff going on with the Warner Brothers and uh, Universal, Warner Brothers may be suing uh, Universal for taking the name Dark Universe. And actually, that may be a moot point anyway, because Warner Brothers, um, the mummy is getting destroyed (laughs) in the box office by everybody. And guess who's still on top? Exactly. Wonder Woman! And as of... Recording time, Wonder Woman worldwide is at $436.5 million after two weeks. Two weeks. So I honestly feel like for them to sue the dark universe of Universal would be a little petty on their part because yeah. it's like, guys, we're already winning. Well, yeah. At this point, to be honest with you, I don't know if the uh, Universal wants to even keep making these um, monster well, movies. 
to, to put it in perspective, Wonder Woman's opening weekend had was $103,251,000. And that right? was for the opening weekend. That was opening weekend. Um, the Mummy... For opening weekend... Had, their opening weekend was a whole... Wait for it. Uh. Domestically, which is what the Wonder Woman's was, 31688000 How much money did they put into the movie? Oh, the, the, the budget was... They have it listed here. I just got to find it. I'm sorry, I can look at it. It's not even... They're not nowhere. Oh, the production budget was $125 million. Ouch. Oh. Now, they've, ma- they've made that worldwide. Worldwide, they're at 173 oh. Okay, so... Well, that's good for them. So the rest of the world thought it was okay, but the um, yeah, here domestically they're getting destroyed. Now, um, Wonder Woman did drop around forty five percent of the first opening weekend compared that's to the normal. second opening week. That's good numbers. Yeah, because uh, after Batman: Dawn Justice, Batman vs Superman: Dawn Justice, those numbers almost made a record from opening weekend did really good, and then the second weekend they dropped dramatically. Yeah, I think it dropped like what sixty sixty five percent. I can see Wonder Woman still picking up steam. Oh at yeah. This point. Well, today what Cam Cameron was like? Hey, what are you gonna go see? Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, no, dude, he's not gonna go out. see Mummy. No. <laughs> so uh, Wonder Woman's still being shown, being viewed for a lot of people as the top box office movie right now. It's gonna stay like that. I want to say, in my opinion, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I know Transformers is coming out, but uh, that's yeah, that's later this month. So mm-hmm. um, it maybe it we got fall. two weeks till Transformers. So yeah, yeah, it might um, fall a little bit. But anyways, Wonder Woman's beating out this uh, just not justly dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, uh, this dark universe that Universal has, and I really doubt they're gonna sue. And like as I said, there hasn't been too much said from DC that they want to actually sue them but who knows Warner Brothers might just take it out and say we're going to end this and we're going to keep going with what we like and in Dark Universe we're doing better than you are yeah um, but that was it for uh, movie news but now we do have movie spoilers exactly now last week we talked about half of the movie mm-hmm. we talked most of the Paradise Island stuff the stuff that really hasn't changed from the comics right the stuff that we already knew about and the fact that she was decided now um I don't know about the current origin for Wonder Woman, but the original origin, she had, um, they had a tournament to choose a champion of the Amazons to go to take Steve Trevor back to the world of man. In this one, um, she they're trying to keep her. Um, her mother is trying to keep her on Paradise Island because she her mother and the other Amazons know she's a demigod and she does not, so she doesn't know she has all these powers of different gods. Uh, yeah, because uh, turns out the mo- spoiler alert. Um, we already said that like ten times. I know, but just letting you guys know. So uh, Wonder Woman, she uh, says her mother says she's made from clay, and you know she's trying to tell us like, this little fairy tale story. And after rewatching, I've seen it two times. I think that was just a fairy tale. I don't think that's actually how she was born. I or was it? No, I, don't, I think see, she was I don't still know. made out of clay, and then Zeus gave her power. powers. And this the is why she's yeah. The difference so is she different. wasn't gifted with the superpowers because of being the champion. She was gifted them because Zeus gave, um, gave her life. Okay, and that's why she's a weapon to yeah. kill. She's the god killer. That's the different. That's the a major change in this too. Is um, she was created to be uh, um, the Amazon's ultimate weapon against the gods, right? If needed, right? Which we find out that basically Ares at this point has killed all the other gods. Mm-hmm. He's the only um, one of the Greek pantheon that's still around. Yeah, but um, and so she was. Wait, and, no, he didn't kill the gods. He didn't kill. Yeah, them. he did. Did he? I thought he said he was sent on this earth and they uh, abandoned him and he was trying to wait till he can get his power back. I could have swore they said that he said they killed or um, Hippolyta or someone said that he killed them all. Okay. Unless they think he killed them all, but he knows that he didn't. Okay. Well, Zeus did. I know he didn't kill Zeus. Okay. Um, Zeus is the one that uh, cat took all his powers away. Yeah. Um, 
But there was a lot of gods that he did kill. But, he did yeah. kill a lot of them, uh, but not all of them. But she was created basically to be the one to take down Ares. Yeah, and then now the, she was not, never told this. No, in the whole movie, she's naive and her, but not so much naive. She just was never. She was a kid. She didn't know, and she's t- asking her mom all this stuff about the story she's told her, and she said, "Oh well, the god killer is in a sacred place, and that's the only thing that can stop Ares from coming back and yeah. destroying the world." And she says, "Mom, can you show me the god killer?" She takes her to the sword, and from the movie. Diana she thinks only... the sword, the sword from the Amazons, is the God Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, as the movie goes on, we find out she is actually the God Killer. She's the only one that can take down Ares, mm-hmm. um, which she does. And I want to get into Ares a little bit later, um, but also I wanted to get into Steve Trevor. Uh, he was a yes. oh man, that was Chris a great. Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine was perfect for this role. I didn't think I was going to like him as much as I did in the movie. I knew he looked like he had the comedic part to the movie from the trailers. Yeah, but I actually just loved the character. Um, he was the, he was the audience's thoughts. Yes. Um, if a demigod comes to uh, the normal world, she's going to see everything different, especially mm-hmm. if she's from a, uh, a island full of Amazonian women. Yeah. And this is the 19, early 1900s. So women really didn't, as I said before, have uh, as much power as they do now back then. Yeah, they didn't even have the right to vote or anything else yet. No. So when, uh, they all, when she came into the room and, uh, who was it, um... Uh, well, it was Ares. I forget the role he was actually playing before he oh, was the, um, shown as Ares. Sir something or other. He was basically uh, a lord, a British lord on the council, uh, the war council. And this is who Steve Trevor was really working for. Yeah. Um, now, did I, I don't know if you noticed this. I think first. he was uh, basically the, in charge of the spies or something. And getting to the spies, the reason why Steve Trevor came onto Amazon, the Amazon island was because the Mascara was the closest place he could get to. And this is where... Well, he mistakenly hit flew in there. Yeah. Um, but this is a place where his, pl- his plane landed. Yeah. Um, now, because of Dr. Poison, she's making this new gas to kill people, this new uh, it's like an, mustard uh, gas. ultra mu- mustard gas that's, like, hydrogen-based. Yes. Instead of sulfur-based, like right. normal so mustard gas. So gas mask... So gas mask, does it, it destroys them. Yeah. Um, There's nothing to stop this. Now, he's an undercover spy with the... Um, with the, with the British, British, right? But he's um, with the Germans, and he's look, he's trying to fit in with them. But he sees what this mustard gas is doing, so he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna take that book right now and just sneak on in there. Yeah, he's like, I don't have time to infiltrate anymore. I got to get this information back. Yeah, after seeing the gas being used, he's like, okay, this is bad news. I don't want anybody dying like that. So he takes the gas or takes the book, and once she turns around, she's like, uh oh, where's my book? Get the traitor! Yeah. So he uh, gets in the plane, he blows up the building um, that had the gas in it, and now really she doesn't have her book, she doesn't have anything. She has no idea how to make this gas back. Um, and uh, I can't remember who was the other main character in there, I really didn't get his uh, name. General Ludendorff? Thank you. Uh, he believes in her. Yeah. He believes that whatever she remembers, she can do something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this process, she also gives him some type of... Serum that makes him strong? She makes almost like DC's version of the super soldier serum. Yeah, but crazy super soldier serum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was what happened to Steve Trevor when he got on the island. Once he gets there, the Germans follow him onto the island. There's this big Basically, fight. Steve Trevor brings war to Paradise Island. Yes, and this is when um, Wonder Woman and all the rest of the Amazons were, well, that I know of, were first shown to guns. Mm-hmm. Um, all they had was arrows and swords. Yeah. That was it. And they still took out the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, these women have been training their whole life where these Germans probably just start shooting guns, I don't know, probably when they were, like, in their teens. Well, it's one of those that they were, <laughs> the Amazons for hundreds of years have been training knowing that the wars of their um, 
of the world of man would eventually find them. Mm-hmm. So they've been preparing for this. Yeah. Um, and once uh, they they um, infiltrate the the Amazon the Amazon's island Themyscira, there's a couple characters that die, but one main character that really hit home for Diana to let her know, I need to get off this island and save the world. Um, the the then then Thinope? Am I uh, saying right? The, I'm trying to remember. It's her aunt in the movie. Yeah. Now, do you did you recognize the? Do you know the actress that played that? No. That was um, the same actress who plays Princess Buttercup in The Princess Bride. No. Yes. No. Yes. Really? I will bring up the name here. I would. I would not have seen that one. That's that's news for me. Yeah. Um. But uh. And if you can see what, what was her name she played because it, it began with a T. <laughs> I, it I was just forget, um. Uh, what it was. It sounded like Aunt something. So. It was, and Antope, 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 something like that. Something, something like that. We're messing the names up, guys. If you've seen it, correct. Hey, if you're on Facebook Live, let us know. Yeah, correct us. Um, but she dies. Uh, Wonder Woman's aunt dies, and this is where we also find out where she gets her tiara from. Yeah, it's her aunt's um, crown. Um, so she uses that when she puts on her Wonder Woman costume, and her mother tells her, "I don't want you to know any more about this. I don't want you to even try to." Think about saving the human world. You stay on this island. That's the order. And if not, you're going against your mother and the queen. Um, but from all this happening, her aunt's been teaching her how to fight as an Amazon since she was a teenager. And as the time goes on, she reali- her mother realizes she is going to need to prepare for fighting because she knows Ares is still out there. And she's yeah. the weapon that can – she's the god killer. She's the only one that can take him down. Regardless of this being her daughter, she's going to have to help save everybody, including her. She knows the time is coming. Antiope. Antiope, thank you. And that's Robin Wright. Show me, show me what she looked like in the in the um, Princess Bride. See there, Bride. Robin Wright, known for the Princess Bride, and wow. for oh, she was Jenny in um, Forrest Gump too. Wait, that's the same. A- that's wow, I didn't that's know the that. Same, wait, that's the same actress? Yeah. No. Wow, I didn't get that. Wait, are you talking about her mother or the aunt? Her, the aunt. Wow, yeah. I, Antiope was Jenny in Forrest Gump. Right, I knew she played Jenny in Forrest uh, Gump, and she was also. Uh, Princess Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Oh man, I haven't seen her since. I haven't seen her in any role except for Jenny. I guess years past. I did not. I did not recognize the face. Hey, good for you. <laughs> well, Vicky pointed it out to me. So. Oh wow, well, there you go. <laughs> Our significant others have figured exactly. out before we did. <laughs> um, but she dies in there, and this is what brings Wonder Woman to wanting to actually leave the plant. Not leave the plant. Leave yeah. the island with Steve well, Trevor. Yeah, because Steve basically tells the entire island because of be, the rope, um, and that was the first time. Yeah, we got because to of the lasso. The you lasso. see that he basically tells them everything he knows about the war, and it's the, supposedly the war to end all wars, and there's it's a gl- global war. And Wonder Woman's like, wait a minute, the Amazon's job is to stop war, right? So, so why I, aren't we why doing are anything? Why are we not doing anything? Yeah, that's what makes that's where she makes the decision. You know what? I need to go stop this. Now I swear, if there was any other uh, Amazon that island that said the same thing, the queen would be like, "You're right. We should do this." But because it's her daughter, and because of how much she knows, she has a capable of doing. She doesn't want her to explore that. She doesn't yeah. know how far that power can go. But eventually, she goes in just like what we did see in the comic books. She takes the mantle of Wonder Woman. She takes exactly. the armor. She takes the tiara. She takes the uh, the lasso of truth. The sword, the shield, the um, the the um, lasso, the basically the crown mm-hmm. or tiara. Um, and she tells Steve Trevor with the one of the most funniest scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, he's taking. Now, is that the Fountain of Youth of DC? I don't know. That he was it was just again? it was just the bathing pools or something, <laughs> um, but he, it, they had the little funny scene with her introducing herself and then him saying, "I am from Man's World" and all this, and my watch, the way I look, everything. 
Um, and he tells her, my father has told me one thing about trying to stop something that you don't like, even like with this war. You can do something about it, or you can do nothing. And he's like, I already tried nothing. And look what happens. Mm-hmm. So this is what makes her go steal the armor, and they're getting ready to get off the, plan- get off the um, island. And her mother stops her and says, you know, if you do leave, you cannot come back. Yeah. She says, who would I be if I didn't even try? Yeah. So they... And uh, and also you find out that uh, she fully believes that this war is being caused by Ares himself. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ares because he's the god of war. This. Of course the god of war would be causing a war. And the reason she's the only one that can stop this is because no one else realizes or is able to fight Ares. And what I love so much about even this first was the like, first 20 minutes of the movie, she doesn't even know she's the god killer. They yeah. even let us, as fans, the audience, know she's a god killer. But she just knows because of the kindness in her heart and how good of a hero she is that the truth, justice, and, as they would call the American way, you need to step up and be a hero. And you mm-hmm. need to do something no one else has the courage to do. Don't care if they're not going to do it. You must do it. Yeah. And that just proves, I think, to her mother she is the one. She is the weapon to end all of this. Um, and that's what made me really like what they did with her. And this is why I felt more like a Superman drawback with the uh, Christopher Reeves movies because he was the truth and justice no matter what happened yeah. he was going to take up uh, the mantle of being a hero that no one else could well when um, they leave the island now mm-hmm. Steve and um, Diana Diana now you get some of the funniest scenes in the movie <laughs> you because you get their first look at her first look at London and he's talking about how it's the cradle of, or not the cradle of civilization but this is the most advanced city in the world and it's got all this stuff and she looks at it like it's real dirty and it's terrible. It's terrible it looking. It's like, smelly. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, it's not for everybody. Now, everybody's seen that in the trailer, but still. It, and then the, walking around um, the city and all the scenes you've seen in the trailers of being in London take place in about five minutes. Yeah, it wasn't that long, but it was good the enough. The part with the um, with the bracelets and the guys in the alleyway, all that mm-hmm. stuff is in the in like five minutes. Though. And by the way, I want to touch on that before they even got into the alleyway. Um, we got her looking at the human world and saying, how do women dress like this and fight at the yeah. same time? It's like, well, women don't really fight like that. <laughs> they kinda... We fight with our ethics. Yes. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, I, I don't know if you can pull up the actress that played um, Etta Candy, but she was awesome in the role. I thought she was she was one of the most funny parts out of the movie, and she really got into her character. Uh, but Etta Candy was the secretary of Steve Trevor, and as what we saw in the trailer, oh, I'm her secretary. Oh, what's a secretary? Well, basically, I do whatever Steve Trevor says. Well, honey, where from I come from? That's slavery. She's like, yeah. I really like her. Um, but she takes the sword and the shield from Wonder Woman. Now, at this point, Wonder Woman still thinks that the sword is the god killer. Yes. So she did not want to leave that in nobody's hands, no matter if that was the secretary of Steve Trevor, if that was probably the president himself. She would not want to give that up for no one. Um, but she does, she gives it to, um, to Etta Candy, and as they're walking, we start to see these people follow, uh, Diane and Steve, and turns out they're Lucy actually... Davis. There we go. Now, she made a drastic, uh, body change for this movie. Yeah. Well, that, and they probably padded her up really well, too. Yeah. Um, but, but she looks just like Etta Candy did in the comic books. Um, but... Um, they go into an alleyway, and Steve Trevor says he doesn't want any trouble, but these are the spies from, uh, from um, the German camps, and they're there to uh, kill Steve Trevor, at least inter- interrogate him so they can get yeah. the book back. Well, as they shoot him, we got a little callback to what happened in Christopher Reeves' uh, Superman movie when he was protecting Lois Lane. Uh, they shoot him, but one one blocks it, and then he grabs a bullet, and it's very hot in his hand. The only thing he does is punch somebody, but yeah. she takes out well, in the alleyway, everybody. In the original Superman movie, 
um, Lois is about to get shot. The gun goes off, and they kind of both collapse and fall down. Mm-hmm. And she thinks they totally missed because um, Clark just um, fainted. But then later on, later show, and he opens up his hand, and the bullet's sitting in his hand. Mm-hmm. He had caught it. Um, so shout thank you, Patty, for that little bit of uh, mm-hmm. Easter egg and callback there. Um, but once that happens, she takes them out, and she tries to put the lasso truth around uh, the man that was last left in the alley, but he takes a cyanide pill and... He, he dies. I'm cyanide. Cyanide. Thank you. Had him always a little stumble there. Um, but he passes away, and we can't tell them anything. This mm-hmm. is when we go back to seeing uh, Steve Trevor's boss at this point. Kind of, yeah. Um, now, did you notice in the room where they were arguing? Remember how I said, whenever I'm in there, everybody's arguing and nobody's listening. Yeah. Is that because he's the god of war? And all he can cause when he steps in the room is people to fight and argue? I think he's, uh, no, he's, yeah, he's causing the arguments and stuff. Yeah, that's but... what I thought too. And remember when she stepped in the room, I don't think just because she was a woman and walked in there, I think it was because. No, it was Sir Patrick. Sir Patrick. I think when Wonder Woman walked in the room because she's a god killer, she was the only way, that was the only reason why everybody stopped arguing was because like, oh, here's the god killer in here with the, with Ares, and she's actually stopping everybody from arguing. And yeah. right when she walks out the room, they start arguing again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just a little hint to maybe Wonder Woman is the only one that can take down Ares, and this could be Ares. Um, as the movie goes on, we get to meet the Blackhawks. I don't know if that's the Blackhawk squadron or not, because they never referenced that, they and ne- Blackhawk no. is not in it. No. So this is basically just Steve's band of um, misfit spies, yes. really. And they all meet in a bar, and he tells them that they're going to go on a mission, but without pay for a second... They think he's yeah, crazy. Just straight mercenaries. Yeah, and they think he, he's crazy because, like, we're going to take her over there to stop them. There's no way a woman can stop this war. Yeah. Um, but once she sees uh, him uh, or sees her uh, mess up a rude man in the bar, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe we can do this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, and as, as the guy said, I'm a little attracted and I'm also scared. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then they make their mission out to go to uh, the no man's land. Yeah, which is basically the the area of the battle between the German and uh, British lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to literally take her there so she can stop all yeah, this. Yeah, she's going to the front lines of the war. Um, and as they get to No Man's Land, and, and this is the thing that got me thinking, this is No Man's Land, and this is Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, no man can cross this land, but she is no man. Exactly. So she takes off the robe she was wearing. Um, they were hiding her costume, and then she reveals, and this was the best part of the movie, seeing Wonder Woman step out in the blue and the red and the gold and just walk across the field as people are shooting at her. She's dodging the bullets like in slow motion, and she's charging at them. She pulls her, uh, her shield out, stops the bullets, and it's like, this woman is actually walking across no man's land and defeating us. This is the furthest anybody has yeah. gotten. And this is when Steve Trevor and his gang of misfits uh, figure out, hey, we need to help her. She's walking across her. We can all yeah. do this now. Well, they, they have a uh, um, goal they have to do. They have to stop Dr. Poison. Yes. So that's, they were going directly there. And Wonder Woman sees across that um, the people suffering and the battle's not stopping. She's like, you know what? No, I have to stop this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but we have a mission. We have to be here at this time. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm stopping this. And once she put makes her mind up, you're not going to change that. Nope. Um, and it was because somebody from um, the city or the little town. The village there, yeah. The village. Uh, this lady pulled her over and said, please help us. My family, my people, everyone's dying for no reason. Yeah. We don't know why, but they just want to kill us. That's what makes her go and save the village. And in one of the most best awesome uh, scenes is when she gets – they get a door for her. Yeah. And they well, say – Well, they had shown um, during the battle against the Germans on Themyscira, um, Steve saw the 
uh, the Amazons do a battle tactic where they had actually got two or three women under one of the shields, mm-hmm. and one of the Amazons w- stepped on the shield and got launched off of it. Yep. So Steve sees an armored door during the battle for this town and um, just hollers out to her shield. Mm-hmm. And she knew what he was about to do. He had all of them grab this door. She runs, hits that shield, and launches it to take out a sniper. Well, at the top of a church. And when she uh, took the sniper out the top of the church, it was basically like a bomb went off. Yeah, she took out the whole church. Yeah, this is how strong Wonder Woman is, and I love that. And they even showed that at the beginning of the movie. She was using her own hands to climb up a wall. And yeah, she was smashing holes smashing in the brick wall, yeah, and, in the stone wall. And just climbing up there with her own powers. She's even noticing she can jump farther than most of the Amazons. She yeah. can punch through the walls. And then she basically made her own little bomb with this church. It's like, something is different about her. Yeah. Um, and then after that, they save the village, and they have a little celebration. Um, the next morning, they're ready to go out and finish their mission. In doing so, they uh, come across <laughs> this funny scene I got to mention with Dr. Poison and what was the guy's name? Uh, Lut- Ludendorff. <laughs> Who actually, if you know your World War One history, he was, he was one real. of the generals and the leaders yes. of the German army in World War One. Yes, this is not a made-up character. Uh, he was real. <laughs> Um, he goes to the, I guess the, I want to say the circle of bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they tell him, well, you know what? You and Dr. Poison have been causing all this damage and nothing big has happened yeah, yet. Yeah, they're ready. Well, right now they're ready to sign the um, armistice and um, end the war. Yeah. And they and can see that they've lost. Yeah, he's saying no. And he, Ludendorff says, no, I have the win, the way to win the war sitting here. Let me finish. This mustard gas is more than anything you guys have ever yeah. seen. And they say, no, we're done with you and your he crazy doctor. He has the doctor. ultimate weapon. But they think they're crazy. So he says, you know what? Okay. I have something for you guys. <laughs> so he goes out and Poison just tosses in her bomb, the mustard gas, and he tosses in a gas mask. Now, as we said earlier, a gas mask cannot help you with this yeah. devastating gas. And she says, why did you throw a mask in there? That's not going to save them. They don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was just like, do you remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the two little henchmen, the female and the male, when they just used to say their little... Yeah, Boris orcs? and Natalia. Yeah, I thought that was like something or from Natasha. there. It's like, they're not going to know that. Because <laughs> they're evil, little two little evil people doing something bad, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, but as the movie goes on, we get to see Steve Trevor and um, his uh, band of misfits go at this... Was it a plane? Was it a plane field or... A- well, the... Um- they go to a castle that um, Ludendorff is having a party to show off this new weapon that he's that they've created, and um, Steve infiltrates the party, and so mm-hmm. does Wonder Woman. Right, but both of them don't agree on how doing and, this. Well, during this party, Wonder Woman watches Ludendorff and stuff, and decide, and realizes that's got to be Ares. He's leading all this. He's the one causing all this damage and um, making this ultimate weapon. He's got to be Ares. And from fan speculation, we all thought this, but we're like, but exactly. it doesn't. But the director, Larry, said... It was too obvious. She said, that's not Ares. You'll see who Ares is, but that's not yeah. Ares. And fans are like, oh, she's just trying to throw us off, but we know that's Ares. Mm-hmm. But as the movie kept going on, I was even thinking, I don't know if that is him. I mean, he's taking this this gas and he's inhaling it, Well, but that's not an Ares-like trait. Yeah. Well, you see... Um, he actually, to show off this weapon, this new weapon and this new gas, he actually gasses the town that they just saved. Mm-hmm. And it... And it d- kills everybody in the town. That they just literally yeah. went through all that and saved them. Which just firms it up in um, Wonder Woman's mind that this, this is Ares. to be Ares. Why would he cause all this devastation for nothing? So, th- that's when they've co- formulated the plan to attack his base of operations where they're holding all the gas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it turns out, 
as Wonder Woman's fighting him. They have a pretty good battle, too. Yeah. And she says, I'm going to kill him with the sword of the god killer that my mother said will take down Ares. As and then as soon as Ares dies, the war will be over because he's causing it. Now, when she stabbed him, there was a slight power outage. But I thought that was because maybe Ares is actually dead and the power went out. But no, it's her sword going through the building that caused the power outage. Yeah. And it was very, it's Wonder Woman hitting something. Of course, there's going to be a little shaky uh, stuff going on. And after that happens, the war is still going on. She's like, wait a minute. How can this be? I just used the God Killer and killed a God. Mm-hmm. The war should be over. And by the way, because he took this uh, gas, he's actually as strong as she. He's strong as she is. So she yeah. really thinks this has to be Ares. Um, but Steve Trevor comes up there and sees he's dead, and he's like, "Well, the war is still going on." She's trying to convince. We him. We still have to finish this and stop this gas. Right, and she's so confused. She's not really even understanding what Steve Trevor's saying. Like maybe man is just bad. Maybe people yeah. just want to make war. So we're going to have to step up and be good people by stopping it. And there's a. There's a ship or a ship. There's a plane full of this mustard gas that's going to get released in the, on the world. And so we're gonna have to stop it. And she's like, "No, not that way. Something else has to be going on." He's like, yeah. "Diana, this is happening. This maybe is Ares happen. isn't ha, doesn't have anything to do with this. This is just man being man." And she knows that's not right. Not from what she's been told her whole life. And she's been here on this earth a lot longer than he has, by the way. Yeah. Um. So he goes off and he wants to save the day in his way. And as soon as he leaves. Guess who pops up in the little building they were at? Yeah, Sir Patrick shows up somehow. How are you there? And why are you here? And why are you talking well, through the, the glass? Cool thing is you see, the first time he does it, it looks like he's talking through the glass, but I mm-hmm. think he's talking from the glass. glass. Yes. He's the reflection, reflection in the glass. The, yes, because you didn't see Wonder Woman's reflection. You yeah. saw him. And once she steps in the building, or in the room, he's gone, and he's, once again, outside in the glass. Exactly, he's hiding in the reflection. Um, and this is when she starts to realize he is Ares. Exactly. He, he wasn't pulling the strings from the German side. He was actually slow feeding the war from the both Allied sides. side. From both sides, actually. Yeah. He was doing it in the office, as we've shown uh, at, in the um, British uh, courtroom. Uh, yeah, it was like the war room. The war room. Everyone's arguing. As I said, when one woman stepped in, they stopped. When she walked out, mm-hmm. they started arguing again. When it turns out all the little chemicals that Dr. Poison and Lutenberg were making, uh, he was actually feeding them things. And I rewatched it two times. When they couldn't figure out how to make these chemicals, there was a little drift of wind that went through the um, room. And the, uh, a piece of paper just popped up right there. And she picks it up like, oh, I have an idea. It was Ares actually there, but they couldn't see him. Yeah. He actually handed the paper with the wind to make it look like it was wind, but it was actually him handing that to her, like, yeah. hey, do this. So he is still the god of war, but as he said, man are evil, so all I'm doing, and I'm not making them do this, I'm just showing them Giving him the opportunity to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one, she says, okay, you have to be stopped. So she stabs him with the sword, and he puts his hand up, and it breaks. She says, but the god killer sure was supposed to kill you. He says, oh, you had this wrong the whole time. That sword wasn't a god killer. You are. She says, that's impossible. My mother would never lie to me. Puts the lasso of truth around him. Tell me the truth. He says, I am. She is the god killer. Yeah. And he tries to convince her through time. Zeus. Well, the funny thing is, if you watch um, this, if you watch Star Wars and many of these great villains, Mm -hmm. the villains usually don't lie. No. They'll tell you the truth straight up. Yeah. The problem is the heroes don't believe it because... Why would the villain be telling you the truth straight up? And also, the other thing is, the protagonists, the hero's mentors, know the truth, but they never tell them because yeah. they think that will be bad. But when, but then the, the, the bad guy will tell them, and it's like, well, you've lied to me. They told me the truth. What am I going to do? Are you going to join yeah. them like what Darth Vader did, or are you going to do what Wonder Woman did and still be 
you know, a good person. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get to Ares is trying to convince her that men are evil and they're going to always do this no matter what. And this is when we have our big action fight scene at the end. But while this is happening, Steve Trevor sees Diana and something happened where her her sound, her ears, they get a little muffled, a little bit of a... Uh... She was putting... There was an explosion that went off, I oh, that was Yeah, that was it. And so she, her ears were ringing. Mm-hmm, so she can't hear what Steve's saying, but basically he's trying to tell her, I got to get on this ship, I got to save the day, I see Ares, and you were right, Ares is bad, and he is the god of war. But Diana, this ship is still going to go off, no matter what you do to him. Yeah, this plane this, is still taking off. Yes, yeah, so we got to stop this thing. So you, and then what he was telling her was... You are the god killer. You are the one to save the world. But let me save the day. Yeah. So he gets on the plane with all the tear gas, and he blows up the plane while he's still in it. And she sees this, and she gets angry and upset at Ares. She starts going through all the German soldiers and start killing them. He's saying, yes, Diana, do it. Sound like Palpatine. I don't know why. Yes, kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, take them out. And then that's when Dr. Poison is right in front of her feet. She picks up that tank that we saw in the posters, and she's getting ready to kill her and he's like yes kill them and join me unlike everybody else with the gods you are the god killer me and you we can stop this and at this point they're brother and sister because both of them Mm -hmm. because of zeus um and she says no she remembers what steve trevor said and also he said i love you too yeah before he went up in the plane and that's when she thinks of all things she remembered good about steve trevor and him being a man of man's world and doing good still she says no she throws the tank away and doesn't kill poison she says even though you say they're meant for evil and for war. They're also meant to love, too. And that's when he's like, oh, no, you can't say that word. I will stop you. But she remembers she is a god killer. So as he's attacking her, basically everything he's throwing at her, she's absorbing. And she throws it back at him and ends him and saves the day because she is a god killer and she was able to defeat Ares. So the day has been won because of Wonder Woman. Exactly. Um, I just um, The other thing we didn't ta- touch on was the movie was bookended. Like yeah. Modern day. Yeah. And the first, um, the scene you saw at the, in the trailers of Wonder Woman walking across the top of the Louvre, we find out she's actually working in Paris in the Louvre in modern time and, as uh, an assistant curator or something like that. And I'd seen me and you both uh, chuckle and look at each other like, oh, there's a little Easter egg. Bruce Wayne delivers her the picture of Steve Yeah, the Trevor. picture we see in the trailers and stuff was actually given to her by Bruce Wayne, and Bruce tells her, we need to talk uh, and see what this is all about. Now, I think this was tied into what we saw in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Um, this may be why, because um, wonder this movie may actually the modern day parts of it may happen before Batman v Superman. Superman. That's what I'm thinking. Because in the end of it, she eventually tell um, sends him back thanks for the memories, mm-hmm. and then you see her walk out in the top of the Louvre in her Wonder Woman gear, and she takes off. Yep, and she flies in the air. And uh, now I'm getting chills right now. Actually, thinking about this, seeing Wonder Woman for years, we never we. Uh, We've seen Batman so many times done in film. We've seen Superman so many times done in film. We never saw the other trendy member, Wonder Woman, done in film. This was her first film. Her flying over into the sky and getting ready to save the day just gave me chills because we find her seeing a hero we've never seen before in the movies. Um, um, By the way, guys, like I said, coloring was perfect in here. Yeah. That end scene with her flying with the sunset, perfect. Um, But, yeah, as I said, once again, I saw it two times in theater. Now I wouldn't mind seeing it a third time. I'm still waiting. I'm I'm going to try to go see it at least one more time. I may hit it in the drive-in. Hey, oh, that would be nice. Whatever you guys can see it, see it in 3D, see it in drive-in, see it in regular, see it in IMAX. Just go see the movie again because it seems like everybody's seen it at least once. Go see it again. It's worth it. Uh, Still, once again, the movie stands at like a perfect 10 to me. It's like a 10 out of 10 film. It's still highly, highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and everywhere else. And Rotten Tomatoes doesn't like anybody. <laughs> yeah. 
So what's that telling you? <laughs> uh, didn't it get so, like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that? I don't know. I don't have it up in front of me at the moment. But um, but talking about Trinity members, mm-hmm. we're um, it's about time for our comic reviews. And this being the – it was the um, – the reviews we're doing are for May 31st, which is the fifth Wednesday of the month. Mm-hmm. So we got our annuals again. We did. So we got one annual, one special – and one regular book we're going to do this week. Yes. And I think we're going to start with Trinity, to, since we were talking about them. Mm-hmm. And um, this one's an interesting um, book. Be, before we hit on Trinity, I just want to do a one story. There was the Wonder Woman annual that came out, and yeah. the beginning of this is going to just give you a little bit of insight of how the Now, is that multiple members, stories in that one? This is. But okay. the first story shows um, how the three got to know each other. It's real short. Um, it starts off with Clark Kent and Lois Lane in New York, and she's saying, Kent, Kent, wake up. Why are you so distracted? There's Steve Trevor... And Wonder Woman being shown on the big screen in Metropolis. This looks kind of like a New York in uh, Times Square. Um, and Superman's thinking to himself, I need to get out of here so I can figure out what's going on with this Wonder Woman. Who is okay. this Wonder Woman? And as this is happening, you go into Gotham City, and Bruce Wayne is asking Alfred for a first aid kit, of course, because he's always getting hurt. And he turns on his computer, and he sees on the news feed, this Wonder Woman is saving the day. Who the heck is this? Because I guess at the time, it was only Batman and Superman. Well, yeah. they both try to find out where is this Wonder Woman. Superman uses his um, super hearing and his super sight to find Batman because wherever Batman, he they have the same motive. Yeah. So if I'm a little late to this, Batman's probably already on this. Funny how that works. <laughs> and he looks for Batman. He sees his ship flying into this weird like cave place, um, and it's nothing but like these rock mountains in uh, Nevada. And this is a uh, un- location undisclosed. They're, he's spying on her, trying to figure out what Wonder Woman is doing as they're both talking, saying, well, she looks like a good guy, but we can't trust her yet. We've got to find out any theories. They have no idea. And they pause, and it turns out she's flying behind them, and she asks, why are you spying on me? What is this for? They say, who are you? And they say, we can't understand what you're saying. I guess he's still speaking in Greek. Probably or, ancient Greek. Yeah. Well, she says, hold on to this magic, uh, this, uh, magic lasso of truth, and you know, everything will be understood. They do so they can all understand each other. She says, no, and I say, I'm Diana, daughter and queen. I'm sorry, um, I'm uh, Diana from Thinascara, daughter of Queen Hippolyta. And then Clark says, I'm Clark Kent, Kal-El, Superman. And then Batman just says, I'm Batman. He's like, come on, you're not going to say your real name? He says, shut up. <laughs> that is his real name. <laughs> They've said it for years that Bruce, Batman is the real identity and Bruce Wayne is the um, secret identity. And maybe that's why with the lasso of truth. It's funny yeah. because with the lasso of truth, he still says, I'm Batman. And he's like, you're not going to say your real name? He's like, shut up, Clark. I'm Batman. I wonder if he growls when he says it. I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she says, regardless of like if you want to tell me that name or not. Um, you understand from me that I'm telling the truth, and I am good. I am just doing the same thing you guys are. I'm a hero, and I just want to save the day. And they all agree. And she says, now, do I, ha- do I have any doubt in your heart still? And they say, no, you don't. I believe who you are and say who you are. So she says, good, we'll talk later, and we'll meet up another time. She flies off, and they say, maybe we can actually trust her. And you know we can. We just had all that happen to us. And all Batman says is, I hate magic. <laughs> um, and they just will wait till another day when they need to meet up, and she flies off into the sky. Awesome. And that's how they first met. Now going to Trendy, we can see where the relationships really start. And after yeah. holding a magic glass of truth, they all had a really good bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we go with the, I don't want to call them the dark Trendy. Well, this one, the, <laughs> they're technically, I believe in here, they actually call themselves the Dark Trinity. Okay. Well, and so what was In the, DC Comics, you'll see in this book, it works in Trinities in general. So what was, um, and we're going to touch on this later, but what are the outlaws then? I thought they were the Dark Trinity. 
No, they're they're another just another Trinity, Trinity. Uh, the dark side of the Trinity or something. Oh, okay, because I believe. Hang on, um, go ahead and start describing. But I got Raish at some point or Cersei um, talks about it. Hang on. Um, you well, you have Cersei uh, talking to Raish in this book, um, and he's she's telling them how the Trinity are good and we're bad, and we need to stop this duo from doing or this uh, Trinity from doing anything. Uh, it's known that. Strength is in numbers, and their numbers are stronger than ours right now because Lex Luthor oh, is not there. they're an unholy trinity. Okay, there we go. The dark trinity is the outlaws, and this is yeah. the unholy trinity. Um, well, the unholy trinity is missing a member right now. Yes. Uh-oh, don't get in the cords. Um, they're uh, missing Lex Luthor, so the trinity right now has upper hand on them, and they know with all this good stuff going on, they need to stop them because they're working in the shadows. They are evil. Um, and they have a spell that they want to conjure up. Yeah, and, and this is actually, something did nasty. You, did you mention who the, actually the two members so far are? Race and Cersei. Race Al Ghul and Cersei. Now Cersei, I don't know much, but I know Race. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, same here. Um, as, as I don't a, read a whole lot of Wonder Woman, and so. I'm a big Batman fan, so I know more about Race. Um, but he's. It seems like he's speaking more calmly. He's like, "Look, I know we're bad, and they're doing this, but you're rushing things. Let's not yeah. rush." stuff like this your games will always have to get along and do what you say uh roz but there is another demon that we can look upon besides just you yeah um so she has this little spell and we don't really know what's going on but they say losing his good his good man deed right now so this always this had me thinking has lex been pulling wool over our eyes this whole time or is he actually trying to do good because it seems like the they're all on the same page but lex is still trying to play mr goody two suits yeah um, well, now we go back into is this? I think this is Gotham. Yes, this is Gotham, uh, and Bruce Wayne called Clark Kent and Diana Prince all to come to his fancy restaurant. And uh, Wonder Woman and Clark are talking how this is too expensive for uh, Clark's taste. And then Diana says, "Oh, relax, you'll be fine. I'm pretty sure he'll pick up the bill. He has the money. He is a billionaire." And then he yeah. says, "Diana, you should know of all people that I own this restaurant." <laughs> <laughs> um, and when he said that, I'm pretty sure did he take Wonder Woman on some dates here? I don't know. Um, well, this is what they say. We all have been working really close together in the past couple of days, or in the pa- as of lately. And I thought it would be nice that we take off the costumes, take off the capes, take off the bracelets, and just sit down and enjoy a good meal together. Yeah. Enjoy a night on the town, really. So um, Clark says, we all have a human connection. Diane says, it's funny that you say we have a human connection. Um, you being an alien, and Bruce being the human, and me being a goddess. But he says, but we were all raised, I was raised by good people, Lois and John are my world, and I know anything that makes it important is family. Bruce thinks to himself, family, that's a little different for him. His family really died, but he did make a new family. Yes. And Diana always will have her sisters in combat if she needs them. Even though she's not allowed back on the island, as they say, if it really needed to come down to it, she has them to look at. And she has these friends of hers. Mm-hmm. They are all connected. She says, we all work stronger together. Um, and then you get this guy on this train, track was not a train on a boat traveling somewhere and is that, yeah that is a boat okay and he's saying um it calls for uh, me to come all across the way from these oceans to see this image and uh what might happen of this mighty bat that might slay um everything and then he looks at this paint on the wall and yeah this ancient painting on a wall and you, it looks like batman wonder woman and superman being on the wall being sacrificed to demons yes and now this guy's doing some magical trick that i don't know what he's doing yeah it's and, just a guy in a hood, so you have no idea who it is. And then it's the League of Assassins. And he from tells Ross. them to um, takes the picture, magically takes the picture, and sends it off. And then the League interrupts him. Yes, uh, Faraz Ogoni says they came to kill him. And well, so he drops his hood, and you find Jason Blood. Ha ha! Anybody who doesn't know yet, you're about to find out who Jason Blood is. Well, 
He says, my name is Jason Blood. I've been alive longer than most of you have ever even heard of civil, longer than most civil Jason. Um, you may not recognize me, but you will probably recognize my alter ego. Gone, gone, the form of man. I love this. This is his little rhyme, he says, before yes. he transfers. Gone, gone, the form of man, and rise the demon Etrigan. We get Etrigan the demon. And I had no idea we were going to see him in here. I, yeah. I'm like, this is a trendy book. We're not going to see anything from no one but really the trendy. Mm-hmm. Well, Etrigan is going to play a big part in here, guys. Um, he's taking down the League of Assassin like they're nothing, burning them, beating them up to a bloody pulp. And this is Ross says, oh, good, you've came here, monster. And uh, Cersei says, we've been looking for the demon. We've been looking for your blood. He's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, uh-huh. So he just goes in and attacks them. Race <clears throat> cuts him, and the blood drips into this little pit of... In a Pandora pool. Pandora pool, thank you. Or the Pandora pit is what they call it. And this is exactly what Cersei's wanted. Um, and this is where Etrigan looks very sad and scared, like, oh no, what have I done? His blood goes in here. This causes everything they've wanted. All what was foreseen with the painting on the wall of the trendy being killed and sacrificed. Uh, he gets sucked into the pool, and once he goes in, he comes out as this big, giant Etrigan demon with wings. I mean, he's like a Godzilla form at this point. And then what else comes out of the pit is uh, Jason Blood saying, I'm free. Yeah. They have separated. Something in the pit has actually um, basically killed the curse. Yeah. So Jason Blood and Edrigan are separate now. And Edrigan no longer is being... The problem is, Edrigan is not being tempered by a human now. Nope, he is raw demon power released on the world. Yes, and no matter what you've seen of Edrigan through the time, Edrigan is a demon. Yes. He's not a good guy. No, but because of (laughs) Jason Blood... Now, he's been tempered by Jason Blood, and Jason has controlled him enough that um, he works with the good guys. Right. But not now. Um, He's been fully... His full form has been unleashed. Um, and this is where you get the trendy members. The picture that got sent magically was going toward the trendy. And it was Jason Blood letting know this may be close to happening. Um, and then this is where the trendy uh, is flying towards the little castle they were at. And they see in this town it's being overthrown by demons. Uh, and really, Etrigan is the biggest one there. And he's causing all this destruction. The demons are just doing what he says. And Superman tries to take him down, but he's really strong, and plus he's allergic to magic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman comes in, tries to save the city with the demons, while Batman tries to shoot them down. But it turns out Batman, Batman works more as the mental strategist. Wonder Woman works as the ground game to save everybody else in the city, mm-hmm. and Superman's the one going head-on with this big demon. Um, Batman grabs Jason Blood, and he tells them, Look, I know you, you've been free. And Jason Blood walks to the sun. He's aging now. Yeah, he's finally his age is catching up with him now that he doesn't have the demon keeping him young. I don't I didn't know how he was able to survive this long. I if it was I thought yeah. he was just going to pass out from death from being so old, but he walks into the walks into the ocean, then he walks up and sees the sun finally be able to feel the sun on his skin as a human once more without the demon in him. Batman's flying down with other demons uh forming him. He uh grabs uh Jason, gets away from the demons and says, "Jason Blood, we need your help." Um, he's telling him, we cannot survive this whole demon uh, outbreak right now. We need you to take back Etrigan the demon. He's like, I don't want him back. I'm a free human again. I want to die peacefully. I want to die as a human. I've been here for so long. Can I please die in peace? He says, well, we all have to sacrifice things. And we know for you to take back the demon, you need three sacrifices. Well, you need one life to be sacrificed to fuel the spell. Right, but wasn't it um, that all of them sacrificed their lives? They all decided, yeah, he, Batman told them, if that's what it takes to save the world, all three of us will do it. Right, and as this is being told, you get to see a little uh, internal monologue from 
uh, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. But uh, Jason says, if all three of you are willing to sacrifice your lives just so this can happen, and I don't want all these people to die. I really am happy to be free, but I don't want everybody else to do die because of me. So he takes back the demon, um, and everything uh, is starting to go back to normal. And this is when the Trinity starts thinking, as earlier I said in the book, Clark says we all had a human connection. His purpose is Lois and John. Wonder Woman says we all feel like we have a connection. We are stronger together. She's just thinking of all my friends are here together. Yeah. Um, Trying to find the one Batman said here. Batman says, as he said earlier, I suppose we've been spending a lot of time together, and today I just want to uh, take off all the costume, take off the cowl, take off the mask, take off the capes, take off the bracelets, take off the tiara, and just have one night out in the town and be friends. So even Batman's getting a little soft spot saying as long as he has his friends with him, he can still do good. Um, This is where the spell is broken and Cersei uh, sees that they're connected and she's like, they can't stop this, and they, but they are. And Ray sees this too and now the spell has been broken. But they have something else up their sleeve. Yeah, because the two of them need the, um, they need the demon to mm-hmm. finish off their unholy trinity. Right. Well, um, as Jason takes back uh, Atrigan, Atrigan even looks and says, Elise, uh back, Atrigan is back and get back inside, demon, and take your hungry army with you and just the, you can hear demons screaming internally, no. And then this is where um, Jason Blood comes back to being normal human. He says, is there anything that rhymes with crap? <laughs> I guess that's yeah. what he feels like right now. Well, he goes back down um, underground to the pit to show them the picture that was on the wall and everything that yeah, was being Yeah, and the pit foretold. that had made him, um, or that had separated them. It's gone. The drawings on the wall are gone. Yeah. He can't figure out how did this happen. Uh, and this one says, magic is dark it's bad who knows what happened but at least the pit's gone well this is where we go back to uh where is this they're in the transantarctic mountains in antarctica and well we see three figures standing but we don't know who they are and they're well, no, still... you still only see two no no look look right here you see you see three. Oh, the shadows yes um and you see cersei and Roz looking at them and looking at the pits and saying we still have the map and we still have uh our pits, after all, and we still are tied together. Do you believe in fate being written? And the next and last page is Bizarro, Red Hood, and Artemis. And Cersei says, my friends, we have much to plan. So they still have their dark trinity. Yes. A trinity. And well, you have Cersei, after she says the fate it is written, and she says a trinity of trinities. That's right, because each one of them are the, count, not even the counterpart, the step down from the others. Bizarro, yes. Superman. Red Hood, Batman, Artemis, and Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, so I don't know what this is going to lead into. It doesn't say what next book it's going to be in. It may be in the next trendy, or we might have to wait till another trendy annual. I have no idea, but I'm going to be... I think it's going to be part of the actual Trinity series. So Okay. Now, and it, I think it's it'll gonna cross over into, into Red, Red Hood. Hood now. Yeah, it'll oh. transfer into Red Hood some, too. But um, No, this was interesting because it brings in the, um, the what you've, always, you've been calling the Dark Trinity since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but the next book in the that we're reviewing this week is actually Flash number twenty three. Yes, and this here has the first um, since Rebirth, the first team up of Hal Jordan and Barry Allen, and we all now, know they're best friends. Classic, classic team. Oh up. yeah, they. I mean, now was I? Am I wrong? But did Scott? What was that? Wasn't um Alan Scott? Thank you, Alan Scott and Jay Garrett. Were they ever teaming up too? I think they were both part of the um, Justice society, society, but did they ever have their own? I don't know if they were close like this. Okay. But they, this is not something that ended with these guys. No. Because Wally and Kyle Rayner yes. were great friends. Yes, they were. 
Um, so it was always just the Flash and Green Lantern. They always had a good little team up. Exactly. Always. Well, well, this starts in the 25th century. Mm-hmm. And it, um, you hear someone talking about um, the fl- they're in the Flash Museum, and they talk about um, you, and eventually it comes down to basically they're taking a tour and it shows that Eobard Thawne, the Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, um, he was many things to many people, but to the Flash he was a partner, an ally, and a best friend. Yeah. Now, Which is strange for sound, anybody who knows right. Flash. Yeah, that's the opposite of everything you said. And it says, and this is his story. Then you get back to the morgue, the Star Labs morgue, where um, the body of Eobard Thawne is being kept after what happened in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And um, Wally's there talking to him. No one else is around. Um, he's talking, and he says straight up, um, "Just another one of." He says, "It's just another one of your tricks. Um, your death, whatever got you, didn't really kill you." You just slowed you down. Yep, just as it's been yeah. through history. Now, all any time. moment you're going to be back. Um, and this is where we oh, get again. the other coroners coming in. And they're like, "Oh man, this Barry Allen's a weirdo. Why are you still staying here overnight?" Then you see him talking as he walks away. Then you see him talking to his dead body. What's wrong with this guy? And then it's like, "Well, you know what's happened to him since he was a kid mm-hmm. and everything." But and as the last panel before they leave yeah. this, you see a little red spark in the eye of the um, dead body. Of the dead body. <laughs> so now everybody knows the speed force lightning for Eobard Thawne, the reverse force speed force lightning is red. So then we move on to a surprise party. And it's happy birthday for Barry Allen. Exactly. Well, with all the things that's been going on with the whole button storyline, what we've gotten um with him and uh Wally, him and Iris, the him keeping secrets, Barry's brain is not focused on having any surprise party, birthday party. He forgot it was his birthday and he said he came and tell Iris if he told her I forgot my own bo- my own birthday. She'll know something's wrong. Yeah. And you have all his friends there talking to him, and all he can do is just start his own little monologue in his head of what's going on, trying to figure all this out. He's thinking to himself, uh, with everything that's been going on with this guy with the silver helmet, that Jay Garrett guy, he pulled well, me Well, he in. didn't say Jay Garrett guy, because remember, he doesn't remember the guy's name. Oh, that's right. He doesn't. That's one of the reasons <laughs> he wasn't able to help him. Uh, he says the guy with that tin helmet on saved me and Bruce from the time stream, and he brought us back out. But then he got pulled back into some weird time stream that wasn't just um, the Speed Force. And he's trying to figure out, well, who was he? And then he's thinking to himself, well, Thomas took some type of toll on Batman, and he hasn't been feeling the same since mm-hmm. then either. He's and contemplating everything that's happened in the last couple issues. And thinking about Wally and Iris of how Wally won't even look at him no more because he's mad he's kept the secret away from him. And he thinks that he should tell his Aunt Iris about this, and he's thinking he should. But then again, he knows if he does, she might not be able to be protected. But then again, when has there ever stopped um, Thawne from killing people he's loved before, telling them the truth or not? He could come here right now, kill Iris, kill Wally, kill all my friends and family that's here right now. And this is what he's been thinking about. Then he has to snap back into reality and know that he is still having fun at a party. Um, and his friends are coming around saying, I think something's on your mind. I know it can't be a case because we're all here. We all work with you. Yeah. We all have cases. When we're not distracted. This is your birthday. You should be the one that's least distracted. Then his father comes over and says, uh, is there something bothering you, Bear? I know something's wrong with you. And he walks away and says, I just need a minute. And they say, well, maybe since you're his dad, maybe you can get him to open up. But then once he looks to his uh, right, or his left here, Hal Jordan pops up. Exactly. With a gift. And it looks like a model of an airplane. Yeah, and a mo- yeah, model of an airplane. And, of course, you know, Hal would have the airplane. Barry tells him, you know I gave this to a gift to you one, one of your birthdays. He says, have you? Dude, I haven't even been on this plane in so long at my house. I don't remember what's there. <laughs> 
And then uh, Iris it, uh, gets introduced. He says, this is my girlfriend. Now, see, this is Rebirth. Because yeah. years ago, there wouldn't have been no introduction. How already knew yeah, who Iris they'd was. Yeah, they've been friends for years. Right. He says, this is my girlfriend, Iris Rest. He says, nice to meet you. But she says, me and Barry need a moment. Um, she says, now, you don't think just because Flyboy came over here that you're off the hook. I know something's wrong and you need to tell me. I know something's up with you lately. And if you are not going to be truthful with me, I'm reconsidering this whole relationship. He's like, Iris, there's nothing wrong. Just She says, nope, cut you off. Not even going to explain this. Just just figure this out. or And then that's when everybody says, run. Uh, turns out, now, was he... Was he on the show? I really couldn't remember, but he sounds familiar. Multiplex, I believe, was on there once. Okay, I thought, I thought so. But he's been in here since Rebirth also. Yeah. But seeing him have these powers, I'm like, I think I've seen him before. Um, and then this is where he tells everybody to get away. Um, me and Hal are going to try to go get help. And then he tells Wally, Wally, get your Aunt Iris and take her back home. He says, now you, just because after the thing you told me, you think you're a parent to me? You can't tell me anything, do you? You're not the boss of me. Look, look, you can be pissed off and mad at me as much as you want, but please just get your aunt to safety. Please, you know that's what's right. Yeah. He says, okay, fine. So he takes her, gets her to safety, and says, um, Barry's thing this. He says, I hate sending off Wally and Iris away like that, but I don't want them. I can tell them tr- her the truth at some point, but I don't want to drag my friends in here. So since Hal's here with me, she would figure out Barry Allen and Hal Jordan are the Flash and Green Lantern, and this is like the best picture in the whole book, this splash And actually, page. that's missing from the copy I see here, because I have the digital preview right now, and if you see, that page is missing, that two-page yep. spread. Which sucks. I mean, this thing should be, you could have screenshot this on there, and then save this as a wallpaper on your laptop. Yeah. This is a great picture. But anyways, they head off, and they're trying to defeat the guy, and it turns out this dude is just like a little bit of a stalker. Not even a little bit. A he's little a stalker. Bit. He's a straight up stalking this girl. <laughs> um, he she said, went out for one drink with him once. Yeah, he, he says like, <laughs> he says you've got my heart. You know you do. I love you. And it's like, dude, you're crazy. And this is where Hal tells Barry, looks like he's having more racing problems than you are, Flash. He's like, is it that obvious, How, or Green Lantern? And um, he says uh, there's no comparison or whatever between my love for her and whatever you guys are dealing with. And he says, look, dude, and Flash says, look, now we got to stop your bad guy, Hal, or Green Lantern. He says, this isn't my bad guy. This is your bad guy. This is your city. <laughs> so uh, he says, let's grab the girl and try to get her to safety. And as he's uh, multiplying still, you get to see uh, Green Lantern trying to hold him off till Flash can get her to safety because he is the fastest man alive. He'll be back in less than a second. So he drops her off, and she tells him that um, I only went out for one drink with him, and he's obsessed. He never will stop calling me or texting me. I guess I messed up by giving him my number. And then this is when Flash drops off. All he can keep doing is thinking about every bad thing in his life, all the people he loves. What if Thawne comes back and he kills them? And then whatever's going on with this button situation. And while this is going on, Hal sees him. He's like, Barry, Barry, are you with me right now? What You're being distracting. He's like, what? Sorry about that. I'm thinking too much. And you get a swarm of this guy. Coming out and says all he all he wants is to not be alone. He's yeah. finding the guy that can multiply himself into any friend he would want to. He's afraid of being alone. Yeah. So um, there's too many of him. He's multiplied too much, and they don't know if they can even stop him at this point. Well, as you get to see Wally taking Iris West home, as Barry told him, she gets there, and um, she says, I know what happened to your uh, stepdad, and she's telling him the truth and everything. He's telling her the truth. I know what's happened. And they have a little bit of an emotional moment and says, I know my dad was the reverse flash, and he was a monster. And she says he was a monster. Opens up the door, and then there's a voice that tells him, oh, I'm sorry, before the uh, voice tells him, um, Iris says, oh, my God. And then this voice says, I'm sorry. Yeah, he says, well, before there's- they even show it, they say, actually, I don't want to quibble, but because they're <laughs> talking about um, 
David be, or was it da- Daniel being yeah, the reverse Daniel. flash. He says, actually, I don't want to quibble, but there's only one reverse flash. And you get Z- Eobard Thawne sitting in their living room. Yep. Um, don't know what happened to the people at the morgue, but I don't think anything good. And now he's back in Iris West's house looking at Kid Flash and the love of the, the um, love of Barry Allen's life, Iris West. Yes. So, so everything we, Barry's once been... Once again, we have Eobard Thawne returning. And this is worse because everything Barry's been thinking about this guy kind of happening right now. Dies and returns and returns and dies and goes through time and dude. <laughs> hey, that's what he does. He never. Welcome he to never the world stops. of Eobard Thawne. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm thinking. Yeah, it's like we're gonna get Eobard Thawne again in Flash or in. Um, oh yeah. TV series. Oh yeah. Um, somewhere. So that brings us to the last book we're gonna do, and this one actually, I was speculating at some point that the Lazarus contract was gonna have something to do with Lazarus Pits, but it doesn't. Yeah. It just has to do with rebirth, kind of, sort of, or a person trying to be rebirth, reborn. But we have Teen Titans Special, number one. And this actually is broken down into chapters kind of the way they read Deathstroke. Yeah, which I actually like that because it kind of made it a little bit more simpler to understand what was mm-hmm. exactly going on. So go ahead. Um, this is uh, chapter one for the greatest good, for the greater good. Now, this is years ago. Now, I remember Grant found these party people in the car, and it looks like he's living with them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything's going really good for him, but turns out, turns out that they actually are working with Hive. Yes. <laughs> so this is what introduces Grant to having this serum put in him and making him super strong and becoming a Ravenger and wanting to take down the Titans. Um, and then this is where we lead up to what happened, what we talked about in the first uh, Lazarus contract, uh, um, chapter one in the Teen Titans, or in the Titans. Yes. And now we go back to what's going on right now, and this is Deathstroke uh, trying to go back in time to meet his son, which he does, and he tells him... Uh, his son asks him, is this some kind of trick? What are you doing here? And he hugs him and says, Deathstroke, uh, I've read about you on the web, and I want to be like you. And he takes off his mask and he's like, Grant, I, you don't know who I am, but I'm your father. And he gets upset at him and says, no. Well, no, he doesn't have to say I'm your father. He just takes off the mask, and Grant knows exactly who that is. Right, but he does say as he's taking off the mask that, no, oh, you're right. He doesn't say it at all. Sorry. Because remember, Grant was a teenager when Slade fight, when he ran away from Slade and his mother. Right. Um but now he's a little bit older because he is Ravenger, and he tells Slate, uh, "You never, never follow to me. You need to shut up. You're just a maniac, and I have reflexes better than you." Maybe at when he was Deathstroke, yes, but this Deathstroke has the Speed Force. Exactly. So he knocks Grant out. And he's like, "Crap! I guess I didn't go back fast enough, or uh, go back uh, far enough. So now I gotta go back." At this point, Deathstroke's <laughs> really messing with time. And he said, yeah. "As you said again, how many times has he messed this up mm-hmm. to go back and go back and go back? He doesn't understand there's consequences when you're messing with the Speed Force." Yes. And I'm wondering how bad is that going to get? Well, he doesn't care about the consequences because he's just trying to save his son. Same thing that was Barry was doing with his mother mm-hmm. in Flashpoint. But we know how that turned out. Um, the next chapter is Focus, and this is where you get the Teen Titans and the Titans working together. And <laughs> as I'm, I'm sorry, I really like Wally West, both of them. But younger Wally, Kid Flash, really did mess up. And Robin is still just giving it to him. Yeah. He leaves him behind. He's like, Wally's the messed up enough as they get on their ship. Well, not, that's not the only one. They leave, he leaves behind young Wally West and, and Jackson. And he's Aqualad. like, and they said, he says, did they forget about me again? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, guys. Are you there? Um, and then they meet up with Jericho. I'm still trying now, to get into this Jericho The nice character. thing is, um, in this one, they actually explain why you're seeing Jericho in a different type of um, speech bubble. What it is is he is mute. Yep. But he's able to talk over their comms that are already in their ear. Communication is really, like he did the phone. Yeah. They made him a little bit stronger. But I'm trying to figure out when he start flying. 
I have no idea. I don't know what's going on here. This isn't the Jericho I'm used to. You're our Titans um, expert here, so. <laughs> I, I never, I don't remember this. Even when he came back from dead, I don't remember him having this kind of power. Um, I'll, well, actually, it may have something to do with the suit, because the suit is a gravity, has to do with gr- affecting gravity. You know, I didn't It's an icon suit, or whatever they called it, just like um, Deathstroke. Yes. I didn't think about that, because I was reading that at work, so I'm just like trying to read it and get through it. Okay. That would make sense, then. So take off the suit. Well, although it looks good. But anyways, um, Wally comes there with them, and he tells them who he is to the team. He's Grant, he's Slade's son, and all this stuff that's happening, saying how he's never been a real father to him. Now in the next chapter, we get the Lost Boys, and this is um, Jackson and um, Wally. And they're trying to call somebody for some help. And it's raining, but um, Aqualab protects um, Wally from all of the rain because he can, you know, control water. Yeah. Well, this whole time, Beast Boy's telling the Titans and the Teen Titans, hey, we need to call Justice League. This is something that's a massively huge scale thing. They're messing with time. We've got to call the Justice League. Right. Well, they keep saying, no, we will handle this. We don't have time for them to to get together and get here. Well, the first thing young Wally does is he picks up the phone to call Barry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I need some help. After all the stuff that they went through. Um, But Barry's not answering the phone. So then you get um, back to another chapter, and this is Timeless. Now, this is where you get Grant and... uh, no, I'm sorry, not Grant. You get Jericho and Wally, and they're running, and they're running. But basically, as Wally is running, trying to go back in time, Jericho is holding the Speed Force together. And we're also getting Raven that's controlling this bubble, really, so nothing yeah. gets out of, uh, becomes mass destruction. So you have three characters working right now. And when they do this, you get to see the Titans, mean the first team of the Teen Titans, their younger selves. And they says, <clears throat> what the heck are you guys doing? Relax, we're all friends, and we're trying to try and Deathstroke. And Robin acts Nightwing. What the heck is a Deathstroke? They haven't even met up with them yet. This is where you get, this is a perfect picture. You get Nightwing talking to his younger self, uh, Dick Grayson Robin. And then you get Damian Wayne Robin come up. And he says, put it there. He wants to shake his hand let him know who he is. As he's shaking Robin's hand, he, uh, Damian hits uh, Wally Kid Flash. Oh, see, this is confusing. The younger Wally West Kid Flash from the original team. The original Kid Flash. And he messes up his heart. Mm-hmm. He does something to stop it. Well, basically, yeah, he hits him with a steel palm or something like that. It's a specific martial arts strike that's designed to stop his heart. Now, the reason why he's doing this is because Deathstroke's already going back in time. Mm-hmm. How many times he's done it, we don't know. But when you mess with time, you mess with time. So how do you stop Deathstroke from going back in time in the first place? Make Wally West's heart bad from the past where Deathstroke can't even take none of their powers. And, yeah, and, and if Wally West is dead, then you can't... Um, Get the knowledge from him. Right. So this is now causing Deathstroke's um, ability to run back in time and everything he's changed to collapse. And as all this is happening, Jackson uh, and um, uh, Wally, uh, Kid Flash, the current Kid Flash, get a ride from Wintergreen. Yeah, Wintergreen shows up to give him a ride. Um, As he's talking to me, he says, I know Deathstroke's uh, been going through some stuff and his daughter with his son. I understand what he's doing, but he is actually doing some crazy stuff right now. He needs to be stopped. I agree. Um, and then this is where you get uh, Wally saying he's a villain trying to help his son, kind of what my father did for me. He was trying to do all this to prevent me from dying. So even though he was a maniac, he still has a good heart. Um, and now this is where the Teen Titans and the Titans and the original team of the Teen Titans, which are the Titans now, confusing, right? Time travel. Um, they're trying to bring Wally back, and he's Robin's just pumping on Wally's heart, pumping him, saying, come back to me, come back to me, don't die on me. Um, and then this is where Wally's heart um, comes back, and it gets jolted, 
Now, because of all this, the current Wally West uh, Kid Flash gets his powers back because Deathstroke never had those powers to begin with. Exactly, he never stole the powers. And because of that, the um, Deathstroke, who did steal the powers, all of a sudden gets jerked back to present time. Yep. Um, and the original team of Titans go back to wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Everything basically gets reset. Mm-hmm, back to normal. And this is where uh, Slade comes back and he says, You've taken my son away from me. Again. Again. Um, and then this is where uh, Beast Boy tells him, uh, I thought we, uh, how about we cut this cord this time and actually end him. And then um, Nightwing's trying to hold back <laughs> Damien from killing <laughs> Deathstroke, actually. He's like, um, we, he did Deathstroke, but for somehow um, he got trapped in the time space time uh time force directly the speed force oh he's tapped into the speed force directly so no matter what they do right now he's still coming for us so deathstroke is charging at them and this is where you get jericho saying pop pop this is crazy this is nonsense please stop it i know you're trying to save your son but guess what i'm still your son too why aren't you trying to do anything for me which i get that and he says i will save you too i'm saving everyone i'm saving my daughter i'm saving you i'm saving all of us but grant is the one that's dead and when I go back in time, I will help all of you. And then this is where Wally comes back from the Speed Force, sweating, saying Deathstroke has too much speed Now, this force. is the older Wally. Yes, older Wally West, the Flash right now. Uh, he's saying it's gone forever. He's stuck in the Speed Force. And then this is where younger Wally West, Kid Flash, tells him, dude, guys, we got to save him. We're heroes. We're just going to let him go in the Speed Force and get trapped forever like that? Why aren't we? Because everybody else on the Titans team is saying, we won, that Maniac's gone, he won't have to see him again, he doesn't know how to get out the speed force. Yeah. He's basically gone forever. He's like, we can't let him be dead. And they're telling him, he's not dead, he's just trapped in his own little prison. And then this is where Wally says, so you mean to tell me that after us being called heroes, no matter if he's a villain or not, he does not deserve to be trapped in the speed force like this. And really he's speaking, I think, because of what happened to his father. Even knowing you're a maniac, you're still trying to do good. So Wally runs into speed force, and then it's like, oh no, now he's trapped. So then Wally, uh, the Flash, is trying to go back and save him, and then um, Nightwing stops him saying, you're too weak, you've done all this, you might actually get trapped in the Speed Force if you do, do this this time. Um, and then this is where Robin says, that murderer is gone, just let both of them go, because I guess Kid Flash is too stupid to do any of this. Yeah. Well, this is where Jericho comes up with the idea, if since he can have this mental telep- telepathy with somebody, how about he jumps in uh, Wally's body, and both of them can feel it, and he can run back into Speed Force and get out Wally and Deathstroke. So really, you're getting Jericho and Wally, the Flash, running back to get Wally, Kid Flash, and Deathstroke out. They they, they really gotta um, <laughs> gotta fix this situation with two Wally Wests running around. Cause this is this is getting confusing. And then we had the other Wally West come back from the past. So this is confusing, guys. If you can yeah. keep up with me, well, the, thank in this you. book we had. Um, you had three, three Wally Wests and three Robins. Two, ki- two of those were Kid Flashes. One's the Flash. Two Robins, and one of those Robins is actually Nightwing. Also, yeah, confusing. Comic book guys, thanks for listening. Um, and at this point, uh, Damien Rob Damien Robin is trying to wake up Jericho. Like, is he really there? Is he really like out? Yeah, his body is just floating as his brain is with Wally West, uh, the Flash. So um, Raven also has some type of psychic connection to them. And she passes out, and, man, uh, the the Flash's brain and Jericho's brain are kind of just meshed together right now. And they're trying to figure out where are they in the Speed Force, trying to get them out. And eventually, they do. They bring them out, and uh, the thing is, before this happens, Raven goes into this little psychic trance of herself. And then Jack, uh, uh, Aqualad tells Damien, help her. She likes you. You're the only other person here right now that can 
wake her up, and he said, pats on her head, like, oh, there, there, like a little doggy, she'll be fine. He's like, dude, I'm not joking, get her out of this. And he tells her, yeah, he's like, you're the only one that really knows her, could possibly bring her out of this. And he says, okay, fine, I'll stop playing around. He grabs her and tells her, Raven, Rachel, it's me, Damien, you're safe, you're not alone, your friends are here, please wake up, we love you, and we're waiting for you to come back. And just as that happened, I think some type of psychic connection between Raven, Kid Flash, Wally West and Jericho in well, the same Raven, brain. Raven and Jericho were basically linking everybody else's minds oh, they were, together. See, I mean, there's so much going on right yeah. now. Um, well, all of them get pulled out of the Speed Force and back to where the present time is. And then this is where uh, Kid Flash says, we're home, we're really back. And uh, so so Damien says, so tonight we will accomplish our mission, which leads us back to where we straight started. Deathstroke, I'm going to kill you. And he yeah. says, no, it's fine. I'm done. Everything that's happened, I've lost my son, you guys took it away from me, and the Speed Force denied me. I'm just done. I can't do anything I did. So Deathstroke is yeah. done being well, Deathstroke. Well, you got to say, he also says that um, with the things he saw and the awareness he gained oh, yeah, through the, right. through he the Speed things. Force, he saw he could, there's nothing he can do. He cannot save. There's nothing. Deathstroke's not doing any, doing any good. You know what? I'm done. Deathstroke yep. is finished. And I'm glad he figured out with the whole, once you keep going back in time, time is going to still do what time needs to be. Yeah. Even if whatever you do to, to prevent it, it's going to get some, something in somebody in some other way, shape, or form and screw up somebody. Um, so he quits being Deathstroke and he says he's finished. And that's actually the end of this, but it will be continued Deathstroke um, number two. But there's also a little There's aftermath. two epilogues. Yeah. And this is titled The Aftermath. Hey, they're post-credit scenes. Hey, there you go. A little Easter egg hint to what's coming next. Now, this is where uh, they get back to Titan's Tower, or Teen Titan's Tower, and uh, Flash is still, body still shaking from being trapped in the Speed Force. Raven heals him and helps him out, and they have a crush on each other at this point, we found out. Um, well, this is where Damien comes up and interrupts them from being intimate and says, um, I've got a few things that I need to share with you, Kid Flash. You disappointed me. You literally put our lives at stake. We told you Deathstroke was trapped in the Speed Force, and he wasn't dead. He would have been fine. He was trapped in a prison. But you refused to listen, and you put everybody else's lives on the line. You put in Jericho's life. You put in uh, Wally's life, the other Flash. You put in uh, Raven's life. You're done. You're not on the team no more. You're fired. Yeah. Um, and then this is where we get re damage report with the Titans team. And because of what happened to younger Kid Flash, what Damien did to younger Kid Flash, Wally West from the original team of the Teen Titans, they go to a doctor, and it turns out the doctor's telling Kid Flash, your heart's so bad, if you keep doing this whole Flash thing, you are going to die. Your heart can't take this. Yeah, and your pacemaker can't keep up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which they is a, a pacemaker. huge surprise to everybody, because wait a minute. Since when does he have a pacemaker? They had to put a pacemaker in at that time because of what happened because with Damien. Because of what Damien did to his heart, he has now has a pacemaker he's always had. Uh, so, by the way, Damien should be mad at himself for this. And then this is where Wally says, it's happened again. The timeline has changed my life and screwed it up again, as it always has. Mm -hmm. um, I'm done doing this. I'm just going to run away and stop being the Flash for now. But he doesn't know really what to do. All he says is, is I have to give up my power, or at least stop being the Flash. At least we won this time, because we are the heroes. We saved the day. That's all that matters. And that will be continued in Titans issue number 12. Exactly. So we get the setups for the next Deathstroke, Titans, and Teen Titans coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of information in these three books. That's because, well, the annuals in this one were all either 40 or 49. That was 50 pages, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, or more. It might have been more. Well, the, your, yours is 50 more. I think mine was 50 pages. Oh, yeah, pages. yeah, yeah. You have commercials and stuff. But um, I think that basically leaves us one left, one thing left to do. Yeah, we got to take a little trip. Come and go shout. Come and go 
And that sound means only it could only mean one thing. It's time to take our weekly trip to the comic shop for our poll list for uh, June 14th, 2017. Now, remember, this week, as always, the comic shop poll list is brought to you by the Shazbots. That's their salon comic shop. Check them out on Facebook and iTunes and or over at theshazbots.com and let them know the DC Superpower sent you. Now, we got 12 books this week and we actually do. two honorable mentions. Yeah, so all together, guys, we got a total of uh, 14 books. Exactly. Um, yeah. And the first book, do you want to start with the first one or do you want me to? Yeah, I got it up here. Okay. Um, first one, guys, is Ashen Comic Books, issue 981. As once, Every time we read this, it just keeps getting higher. I can't believe we got this far. Um, this is Revenge Part 3. Superman races to save the Suicide Squad from General Zod, Cyborg Superman, and the Eradicator. Can the Man of Steel escape the Black Bolt and stop Carnage before Harley, Deadshot, and the rest of Task Force X are forced to make a final stand? Art stunned by Jack um, Harbert and written by Dan Jurgens. Okay. Next one up, I have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 11. Uh, source, source code, part one. The Birds of Prey tentatively accepted working with the new Oracle, even though they knew he'd gone down a dark road for, to find them. But did they have any idea how dark? His story unfolds here, including the identity of the person who trained him, to whom he owes a dangerous debt. Art done by Rose Antonio and written by Shauna Bennett and Julie Benson. Or Shauna and Julie Benson. The next and one we have is Detective Comics, issue 958. Jeez. <laughs> We're getting there. Intelligence Part 1. Azrael has found a new home in Gotham City. Unfortunately, someone from his old home with the Order of St. Dumas has found him. The Order has unleashed a bizarre new evil on the world, and it's... Uh, and it's uh, confidence, uh, convinced. convinced that it must destroy Paul, Jean Paul. Jean-Paul Vallée. I'm used to a new one, so I'm a little, his name is a little awkward to me. Um, but R is done by Raul Fernandez, uh, Alvaro, uh, Mar- Alvaro Mar- Martinez. And written by James T. Tinian IV. This is going to be awesome. I've been waiting to get a good yeah, Azrael story. As I said, you need to play um, Arkham Knight and play at least the Azrael part. I have part. it sitting there. I just haven't had a chance to pop it in yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You got both of them, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so the next one up we have is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 22. Wait. Oh. So it's Fracture, part one. A rash, a rash decision during a routine hunt for outlaws, Sinestro Corps members, leads to a confrontation that shakes the foundation of the fragile working relationship between the Green Lanterns and the Sinestro Corps. Can Hal Jordan pull the truth into the light and keep the peace? Art's done by Ethan Van Skyver and written by... Robert Venditti. Um, and since you just mentioned Hal Jordan and Green Lanterns, we're going to get another Hal Jordan feature in this comic book of yes. The Flash, issue number 24, Running Scared Prelude. Uh, Prelude. Prelude. Now, I'm wondering if this is what's going to be happening, what's going on, what we just read. We have Kid Flash on here and uh, Reverse Flash on the cover fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, Prelude is guest starring Hal Jordan. The Green Lantern Hal Jordan has recru- recruited Barry Allen for a dangerous mission that only the Flash can accomplish. Unfortunately, the mission is in a hostile space station deep in the cosmos, which means leaving Kid Flash alone to defend his, uh, to defend his and Barry Allen's love, one from a deadly attack, must come to their greatest enemy. 
That's going to be messed up. Yeah. Uh, Carmine D. Uh, Mango and... Jean Domenico. Jean Domenico. And written by Josiah Williams. Joshua Williams. <laughs> um, now, see what's going on here. Is there going to be two different stories, I'm thinking? Yeah, it looks like there's going to be two stories running parallel. Um, that's going to be scary, though, because Kid Flash, I don't think, is going to be able to take down Reverse Flash. Even though it might be a little faster, I don't think he's going to be know. able to take him down. We'll see. I don't think he'll take him out, but I think he'll stand up to him. At least for his on. Yeah. So, the next one I have up is New Superman number 12. The Zero Ultimatum. Ah, something changed, but... The Zero Ultimatum, part two. Uh, New Superman and the Justice League of China must take back Shanghai from the major, or the current emperor, the original superpowered creation of Dr. Omen. While the battle may be winnable, a devastating secret comes to light and shakes the young Superman to his core. Art's done by Billy Tan, and it's written by... Jean Lewin, or Jean Lewin Yang. And the next one is Red Hood and the Outlaws, issue number 11. Who is Artemis? Finale. The Dark Trinity, there we go. <laughs> the Dark Trinity faces a bigger threat than ever before with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. After a, who is it? Akilla. Akilla uh, re, uh, resurrects. resurrects the army of the Amazon warriors, aimed to destroying the entire country, Artemis is given a choice. Fulfill her destiny as champion of Vanna Mythal. Or stand with her new allies, Red Hood and Bizarro. Art done by Dexter Soy and Scott LaBelle. I've been reading so many books, I haven't read like the past two out Red Hood and Outlaws books, so I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, I guess, for myself. Well, next one up, we got Suicide Squad number 19. Earthlings on Fire finale. The saga of the Black Vault comes to an appropriately insane finale. Mm, when course. General Zod breaks free of Amanda Waller's control, lays waste to the Suicide Squad, and prepares to welcome an army of Kryptonian conquerors, from the twisted realm within the Black Vault. But help arrives from the from the least likely of allies, the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman. Art done by Sandu Floria and Tony S. Daniel, and is written by Rob Williams. Now, this one here is one that ties directly into action stuff. Right. Um, it's funny how you said the insane conclusion, because it's like, well, it's the Suicide Squad. Exactly. <laughs> um, next on our list, we have Supergirl issue number 10, Escape from the Phantom Zone, part two. We're getting another... Uh, Another thing of the Phantom Zone in this book, too, and we're getting that, what's, what's going on in Action Comic Books and mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Um, the Phantom King holds all the cards, and he's forcing Supergirl and Batgirl to turn to an alien antagonist in order to save themselves and the humans trapped inside the Phantom Zone. Art done by Brian Chang and written by Steve Orlando. Okay. I'm still wondering when they're going to bring Saturn Girl into Supergirl. I am, said too. a couple months ago that it was, it was going to be in Saturn... Supergirl. Yeah. Who knows? It might they. No. I was going to say, maybe she could help them with the Phantom Zone, but we'll I see. I don't know. I'm still thinking they'll have something to do with this storyline they're doing with Batgirl, because um, we know that Saturn Girl's in Arkham. Right. And so, this is Gotham, so. Yeah. There's going to be a tie-in somewhere. So, next one up, we got Superwoman, number 11. Rediscovery, part three. Former friends duke it out as Superwoman squares off against Natasha Irons? In the hmm. battle to contain the freed Strikers Island inmates, Lana and Natasha are split over what to do about Natasha's criminal father, Crash. Uh, art's done by Art Thibbet and Steven Segovia, and it's written by Kay Perkins. And that's it for our main list. Well, no, we have oh, one wait, more. Oh, wait, we have one more. How'd you miss that one? We there it goes. Have, yeah. <laughs> well, this goes perfectly, then. Uh, this is the last one for the normal rebirth titles for this month. And this, this is week. Wonder Woman issue number 24, God Watch, epilogue. With Godwatch purpose fulfilled, Diana and Cal or Diana and um, Kyle Gale. are forced to come 
confront the choices of the past and a new uh, direction for the future. I'll bet you that's been... Callie. Who is that, though? I don't know. I've not been reading Wonder Woman. Um, art done by Brooklyn Ively and written by Greg Rucka. Um, now, as I've been saying about these Wonder Woman books, it seems like each one they go back and forth. It's going to be a past epilogue. Yeah. Book. The other one's going to be. What's well, I don't know if they're on. still doing that. I have not. I gotta pay attention. To look. I, I haven't. Like I said, I picked these up, and there's so many we have to read. I've been missing out on a couple. Yeah. Well, that's it for our rebirth titles. But these next couple books we've been talking about are, that are coming. And if you guys, and these are going to be fun because there's only, there's four one shots. And if you guys have been following uh, us on our Twitter and our Instagram, you've seen we've posted uh, variant covers of this and regular covers of this. This is something we've been geeking out about for a while now. We're getting our Looney Tunes and our DC comic books crossover. Exactly. And this week we get the first two. The first one we get, I'm going to take the first one because I know you're excited about the second one. And I know you're excited about the first That's one. That's right. And the first one is the Legion of Superheroes Bugs Bunny special number one. And he looks like a, uh, well. <laughs> Bugs Bunny wearing Superman's costume. With, with the S curl. With the S curl between the ears. <laughs> We get the Legion of Superheroes always thought they had taken their inspiration from the 21st century Superboy, but when it, but when they come try or when they try to bring that hero into the future time, the team discovers that to their surprise that the Cape Champion isn't who or even what they expected, and the bonus or and the bonus Looney Tunes backup story features DC characters with or DC characters with story and art by Juan Ortiz. It doesn't even say what the story is. Hey, we got to buy and we got to find out. Yeah. Well, art is done by Scott Hanna and Tom Grummet, and it's written by Sam Humphreys. And the last one we have is Marsh. Oh, man. Just saying that nerdgasm right now. Martian Manhunter <laughs> and Marvin the Martian special number one. Marvin the Martian tries to halt Mar. Oh, I'm sorry. Woo! Too many Martians. Martian Manhunter tries to halt Marvin the Martian's uh, determination, uh, destruction of the world. Johns is conflicted with his own Martian identity as he attempts to stop the helpless, determined Marvin from blowing up the Earth to bits in order to gain a clear view of Venus. Just selfish. Yeah, Marvin is just looking, looking to hear that kaboom. That earth-shattering kaboom. Where's the kaboom? And the bonus Looney Tunes backup story features DC characters written from Jim Fanning and art done by John Loiter. So that's the first two of the crossovers. That means either next week or the week after, we're going to get, what is it, Batman Elmer Fudd is still coming. Mm-hmm. And we get Jonah Hex or Seventy Sam. I think next week is actually Tasmanian Devil and Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. How many of these are they doing? Oh, six. I, know, I thought there was four. Six? six? They're doing okay. Six. I can cool. tell you right now uh, which ones they are. I can't tell you which order they're all coming out at, but I can tell you which ones they are. Uh, we already mentioned we get Marvin the Martian and uh, Martian Manhunt. Then we're going to get Bugs Bunny with the Legion of Superheroes. We're going to get Roadrunner and Lobo. We're going to get Batman oh, yeah. and Alpha. Then we're going to get Yosemite Sam and uh, Jonah Hex. And was that it? Oh, and uh, Wonder Woman and Tasmanian Devil. No, oh, this is this is going to just be just a fun series of books. Oh, yeah, it is. I can't wait. The, the only one that's like throwing me off is Wonder Woman and Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. That, that's... I didn't see that one coming. I don't know. But that brings us to the end of the show. Boy, we this show a, went we a, a, long a lot longer than I expected because yeah, we, not we didn't to, have a whole lot of news. Yeah, we didn't have that much but TV. We had that. Well, we had the great two-hour Gotham finale. And that was a lot. Two hours. And we had to um, finally throw everything on the table for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot and of we information. Had nothing we had but specials. There. Yeah. Then we had the long specials for the books for this week. So, um, Super Friends. Thanks for hanging out with us this whole time. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed this little bit of a longer episode. 
But, um, Vernon, why don't you let everybody know where they can find us? Guys, for our social media, if you're trying to get in contact with us, uh, at SuperpowersDC for Twitter and then DC Superpowers Podcast. Look that up on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. And how about your personal Facebook and Twitter and all that information? For my personal Twitter, Viello, Holland Night Wolf on Instagram. And for my Facebook, I'm just me, Vernon McWayne Moore. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at GW1Ken, on Facebook as just Ken Rose. You can also find our show at the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and the Weeby Geeks Network at weebygeekspc.com. And you can always find us at um, DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you thought about the shows. Um, let us know what you thought of the Gotham finale. What you think of Wonder Woman? We, yeah. We're still trying to get some reviews from some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought so we can let everybody else know what our listeners were thinking about this. We know you're out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so with that, did you have anything else for this week, Vernon? Oh, man, I have so much this week. I think that's it. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think we're about to. I'm going to throw this out here. Jesse was a little something I read. Hammer, stop trolling us. Um, Army Hammer put out in the news. He said he's been on set of Justice League and said he's seen some things. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. He also said he might be interested in playing Suzanne. I don't know, but he trolled us with Green Lantern for so many months. I don't believe the guy right now. You got to prove, <laughs> prove it to us. That's about it. That's, that's all I got. Okay, well then, Vernon, thank you for hanging out with us and Anytime. doing this again. And Super Friends, thank you, and we'll see you next week. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. <laughs>